did that backwards. This is episode one of the 2015 offseason. This is show 165. Good times all around. This show, we're going to be talking about the Pyros Bakers Dozen. And we're going to go through a lot of players that are high on our radar, guys that are negative on our radar, and guys we want to keep an eye out to see where they sit on our radar. As usual, I'm here with Houdini to the left of me. I got Stag Party across the way. Dogmatic is in the mix. I'm D-Rex. We are Pyromaniac.com. Uh, it's the first podcast post-Super Bowl, so we'll obviously talk about that. Amazing game. I'm sure we'll all have some uh, heated opinions on what went down and all that good stuff. But we got a good game, and for me, I'll let you guys go into it for a while, but I, it was nice to ha- have that non-sinking feeling after a Patriots Super Bowl for once in a while. Yeah, I know what you mean, but... The reason it's called the Pyros Baker's Dozen is because we were going to go with 12 names, and then, of course, as we usually do, sort of just ended up with a smorgasbord. A ton more. (laughs) It's when we start. We try to do this podcast in one hour. It goes three hours. We're doing our best. (laughs) We're actually playing for 20 minutes. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my God. It always stretches. At least we stuck it at three hours. We know that we can't go past that threshold. We can't start moving it into four. Uh, but let's talk about that Super Bowl for a bit. Not go too crazy because we got a lot of good stuff to talk to you that's going to help you this offseason for next season. Get started early. If you listen to us every week, like a lot of you do, we appreciate it. But we know you're sharpening your knife year-round, so we're going to help you do it right here today. I hated it. I hated that fucking game. <laughs> I, I, I didn't want to see either team win. Uh, I wanted both teams to lose. It turned out that the, team, the lesser of the two evils ended up losing for me. I, I did not want to see New England win again. And sure enough, Pete Carroll, my most hated coach in the entire league, fucked up and uh, blew the whole Super Bowl. Blew, I, I mean, the guy went on the Today Show the next day and had to explain himself. That's how big of a fuck-up it was. I've, I've never seen anything like it. So, the one thing I'll say about it, I want to hear, you know, you... The one thing I'll say about it is he said, don't make a play call thinking we're going to throw an interception. And I hear you, but at the same time, I think when you pass there, obviously you can't pass again if there's an interception. The guy made a great, great football play. If you um, do, if you run there, then you kind of got to pass one of the next couple downs, I think. I think they just made the wrong play call. I think they needed to play to the strengths, do a play action to Marshawn Golomway, have him bootleg out and have... A tight end open and throw two other options, or he can run it. And if it's not there, he can throw it away. All right, here's the thing. 
You don't, I have never heard a coach say this, ever. We were playing for third and fourth down. I agree with that. 20 seconds left in the Super Bowl, you're down by four, and you are throwing away a play? That means that makes no sense whatsoever. I've never heard anything. Well, like not not only are you saying point. that, if take you it, were throwing me. the play away, yeah. then wouldn't you not? You would not have run the play that they ran. You would have done exactly what D Rex is saying. Is you would have had the pass would have either been where either your guy can catch it or no one catches exactly. it, and you're throwing it out of the end zone. You don't throw it the over the middle where it can be <laughs> where it can be tipped at the line where anything can happen. There's all these other players that can make a play on it. You just don't do it. That that cornerback had one option only. He knows he can't start. Stop Marshawn Lynch one on one, so he's basically out of that play. If it's a running play, well, the only option he has is stop the slant. So that's all he was thinking the entire time. Just jump the slant. It's, of course, he, may, he makes the play. I mean, granted, it's a very tough play to make, and you don't expect there to be an interception there. It's rare for there to be an interception, but it's still the only thing that that guy is possibly thinking. And they threw right into it. That, that's unbelievable. Two also there Lockett. You're going to put your whole season <laughs> on and rely guy. on Lockett, <laughs> one of the smaller guys, to, probably with uh, Johnson out or the the other dude. It would probably be a fifth Paul wide receiver on any is. other team. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you, make, you just can't do that. Well, do you see the stats about that. how many passes were picked off in the from the one in the entire season? Like, it was 55 touchdowns or something to zero interceptions. But how many uh, play Wasn't it something like, like 400 passes? 477 oh, pass attempts. Was it plays from no, the one pass or attempt. pass attempts from Pass the attempts. Wow. Only pass attempts. Wow. Uh, you know, 55 touchdowns, zero interceptions, and like 470-something attempts without an interception. And the only time it happens is the last play of the Super Bowl. Well, it wasn't the last play, but it was the last important play. Then. Okay. So, and then you also there was still had a couple plays for. Uh, well, Brock yeah, to get his and then and then the Seahawks, uh, Michael Bennett jumping off sides. You know what an idiot. Oh, God. That was yeah. that was terrible. What an idiot. And I want to I want to go back to like to the play though because you know you talk about Pete Carroll being out there, but the worst of all of them was Daryl Bevel. Yeah. Did, you, did you hear what you know? This guy's saying, "Oh, well, Lockett just didn't make a play on the ball." You know, That's true. It's, it's, Selling his player short. He, he, he's, just, he's just sending everyone up the river. Would you read that back to me? I'm afraid that might make me sound pompous to your readers. Uh, my brilliant research in brain transplantation is unsurpassed and will probably make my name live beyond eternity. Well, that's all right. Take out the probably. It makes me sound wishy-washy. Fuck you, Daryl Bevel. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of crazy things going on there. And, you know, a lot of players didn't make the play that they were supposed to when the game was on the line. Jermaine Curse needed to come across that guy's face hard just so it was it was a screenplay. Yeah. This guy's supposed to be wide open because Jermaine Curse does his job. And, you know, Curse isn't getting a lot of the blame because it wasn't targeted to him. But, you know, he needed to make a better football play. You know, Lockett needed to make a better football play. And, you know, the play call was... Pretty terrible to begin with. It's not something I would have ever kind of chose to do. I I would have ran it. I was completely surprised that before that play, though, the Patriots just let the clock run out. They, did, they didn't know, call they, a timeout. They didn't call yeah. a timeout. I'm just sitting there like... That put, oh, what, what, that, like, that put that, the pressure on the Seahawks. That was their play. All of a sudden, Carol's like, I got to make a play. He's like, uh... You I thought I was going to have a timeout here. Let's like, just play for third down. We'll play for third down. Okay, let's throw this thing away and the game's over. Oh, Lewis, it, it, that's it, an out-coaching maneuver, I'd say, by Belichick. out to me. That, I don't think that's Carol's call. 
Yeah, well, I, right. I, yeah, I think that's Bubbles' call. I, I don't. I think that it, obviously Carroll okayed it and didn't override, you know, override it and say, no, we're not, we're not throwing the ball here. Well, there was, here's there was, what's, there was, here's what's happening on this headset. It, and then he was like, that is absolutely not true. Yeah. I've been in on these headsets, headsets, and here's what happens. You know, your head coach is like, so, so what are you thinking about? And he's like, uh, thinking about running this. And then he's either like, yeah, it sounds like a good idea, or no, don't run that. Run something else. That's a terrible idea. What are you, what are you thinking? And that's so pretty much the conversation that goes on in these headsets. That's um, awesome. And it's just like, really? That, that's what you're thinking about? Did you see <laughs> it? Here's some of the tape on the uh, mic'd up stuff with uh, Wilson after the game. I mean, he was he was so calm about the. He's like, I just hate losing, man. I just hate losing. He's like talking to Bevel, and he's just like he seemed so calm about the loss. Even at, even the interviews afterwards, he's like, I just made a bad. He put it on himself. He's like, I just feel bad for my teammates. But it was just like this. Like it's almost felt like it was a, almost the same person as if he had won it. He's just so even keel. He's a robot. Like, Strange, which is you know good what? for a quarterback. I actually disagree. That was completely against his character. If you remember the game before, he was crying after the game. He was yeah. so emotional. <laughs> so I mean, it, it, it's. I think it was a tale of two, you know, two personalities with that one. I, when you lose, obviously you want to internalize it. I, I didn't see him blowing up, especially after his team so, showed so little class at the end of that. That's game. the worst part about it, too. Yeah, that, yeah. Was, that was really horrible to see. All, all that fighting. Jesus, the game. Actually, forward, dude. think I about this though. It. Wasn't that the perfect ending though? You'd said. You didn't want either of these teams to win. Yeah. I, I looked at it, and I'm like, these are both two of the most arrogant coaches in, in the game. Yep. These are two organizations that, that are not real likable. You know? No, not so at all. I thought that was a perfect ending to this. Yeah, it, it actually was a perfect ending to this game. And like I say, nobody wanted, I didn't want either one of those teams to win. Brady will go down as possibly the best ever now because of that, even though, yeah, he did have, he did have a great game. But I can't say that this season is simply because of him. I'm telling you, Belichick is probably the best coach I've ever seen. I've and, never seen and a that coach defense came to came together. Oh Some God. of those young players. I mean, that, that was just Devon Hightower. Their linebacking core is insane yeah. for years to come. Yeah. I mean, to have those young guys step up and play the way they did towards the end of the season with the injuries early on. I mean, those guys were you know, some of the best, if not the best, linebacking core in the entire league. Yeah, I just want to make one other point about that fight, though. Not only is that the perfect way for that game to end, it was the perfect way for the NFL season, which had a lot of black eyes for themselves uh, this this year. So, you know, it's kind of interesting how the product on the field kind of mirrored all the struggles that the NFL was dealing with in the off uh, off the field this year as well. Good point. Good point. Um, Well, I thought, what were some of the turning points for you in this game? Let's talk about from a fantasy perspective going into next season a little bit. Or if you want to just talk about something cool that you thought remember from that game. Let's give a little more time to the Super Bowl and then we'll get into the Pyros, Baker's Dozen. Uh, I think when when you think about it, there's one guy that we'll talk about a little bit later. Came out of nowhere and made some plays. What was it, Chris Matthews? Or is that the... Isn't that the guy also on uh, does the hardball? Yeah, hardball. <laughs> I'm like, wait, hold on. Am I am I hating on Republicans right now? Six foot five. I came out of nowhere. Got signed off the practice squad in in December. Uh, never made a catch the whole season. It's impressive. I didn't think that it was going to be that guy. I thought it was going to be Curse who made the, the plays because um, the outside and, and deep he did plays, make the biggest play. He of the did game. make the biggest play of the game, but the outside was exposable somewhat. And the deep play was exposable, which meant that I thought it was going to be cursed. But Matthews came out of nowhere. Where, where did Matthews impressive. go to college? Oh, fuck if I know. Maybe uh, Kentucky? Six foot five, Cinderella story. <laughs> well, first in the Super Bowl. So, but seriously, he, he is. Uh, <laughs> it, it is. That's what they kept saying. I, they probably mentioned what college he went to about ten times. But he's not just the college story. 
Because this guy is the grassroots football story. This guy played in the lower-level indoor football leagues, moved up to the arena football league, then moved up to the Canadian football league, and eventually ended up on the practice squad. Uh, where Making he was, plays course, in the Super Bowl. Signed to make plays in the Super Bowl. And just... You know, he attacked the ball at the point of attack. He did what nobody else wanted to do. Yeah. You know, that's He's what... huge. He's got some upside. I love a story I read with, about him that he was at a buddy's house who happened to live next door to Pete Carroll. This was like when he was in high school uh, or maybe when he was going to some JV, J, JV, school, JV school or something. Uh, junior school, whatever those are called. Uh, and he basically <laughs> had this highlight tape of himself from high school on a DVD. And he walked next door and handed the highlight tape to uh, the, uh, Carroll wasn't around, to Carroll's wife. I mean, that's kind of a funny story where this is a guy who's been selling himself and trying to get in the NFL. And like you said, it's that Cinderella story of it that just quintessential making it through the ranks of the NFL to be a pro player. Kind of a funny story. And then he circles back. Carroll said he didn't even remember the whole thing. I said he probably never watched the highlights. But, <laughs> and that was when he was coaching at USC. So he was trying to get in no, the No, the worst USC. part is he went to go put the highlights on and it was like some old movie. It was like the Princess Bride he had yeah. on there or something. No, he got it, yeah, no, he got it confused with some of his uh, Carroll porn. It's <laughs> a great movie, by the way, Princess Bride. Um, it, anyway, th- that's where our back to this are coming game. from next week. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> Thoroughly impressed. Again, I'll, I'll mention Belichick again. You don't tear apart Seattle's defense like that uh, without knowing what the hell you're doing. That was impressive to see what they did, dinking and dunking all the way up the field um, numerous times. I mean, you don't throw four touchdown passes on the Seattle defense either. Uh, that's eight for eight on the final drive by Brady. I mean, you don't do that against that defense. Yeah, that's I mean, hopefully it's a br- blueprint for the future. Uh, other teams could beat the Seattle team. Um, I, I think two Super Bowls in a row is enough. I think we've had our fill with that team. No offense, I, we love all you Seattle fans out there. You guys are crazy. You're nuts. You've been big supporters here, but uh, I've, had a, I've had my fill, you guys. Twelfth, the twelfth man had enough. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Team's a bunch of thugs. If you didn't see it at the end of the game, <laughs> yeah. you know, watching watching uh, Sherman, they were he was thugging it up, doing the four, talking smack, I, I they're that. up, and then all of a sudden at the end of the game, the look on his face. We all know, again, Seattle fans don't want we want to respect the game, but I hate Sherman, hate that guy. I'm so glad he lost. I loved seeing that feeling brought hope and life. To the 2015 uh, that he was having, that I was uh, enjoying on his behalf. Uh, I love that game. It's uh, Let's hope that, it, to Houdini's end, the NFL needs to clear some things up. Uh, Goodell's got to become a better um, uh, spokesman for the game and, and, and man for the, both the owners, but also for his players. And the fact is, if they don't start figuring out how to have that be a camaraderie amongst the players, the leagues, and the highest levels, and the teams... Uh, this league's going to be in trouble. It's going to be uh, it's going to be hard to repair. When you think about it, two years ago they were unstoppable force in, in, in as far as sports worldwide sporting uh, leagues. Yeah, definitely. And you know, there's stories coming out about uh, the former commissioner. Uh, and hey, do you need some help? And Goodell just being like, "Who are you?" Yeah, didn't return. Didn't return. <laughs> didn't return phone calls and just gave him nothing. But some some of the things that came out from this game, some of the memes and stuff that have come out of this game are just excellent. The uh, hi, I'm Pete Carroll, uh, Rob Lowe, or whatever, and I made the stupidest play call in the history. I saw that one. <laughs> or uh, I don't think the, you're, I, I don't think you're quoting these memes right perfectly <laughs> enough. But, but I like it. It's good. It's good. And then there's. The Richard Sherman pictures with four and how many uh, Super Bowls does Tom, Tom, Tom Brady, Brady have? 
And uh, the, have you seen the Deflate Gate wedding ring? No. It's like a wedding ring with a little pin needle. Swear. <laughs> <laughs> and there, it's just absolutely like crazy funny stuff that kind of came out during this game that you know through the vines and through the Twitter, through the grapevine. Little girl. Yes, sir. I want you to do something very important, all right? Okay. I want you to run home, and I want you to call the ER of North Bank General Hospital, 932-1000. Tell them to set up OR6 immediately and contact anesthesiologist Isadora Turek, 472-2112, B12. Have them send an ambulance with a paramedic crew, light IV, D5 and W, KBO. You got it? ER of North Bank General Hospital, 932-1000, set OR6 contact Anesthesiologist is George Torque, 472-2112, B12. I'm being able to do this parallax and lottery, D5 and W, KVO. That's good. Sounds like a subdural hematoma to me. Oh, it does, does it? Well, it's not your job to diagnose. But I thought... You thought, you thought, just go! Three years of nursery school, you think you know it all, but you're still wet behind the ears. It's not a subdural hematoma, it's epidural. Ha! God damn, that makes me mad. FYI, of any starting running back in the entire league who had like 170 or more rushes on the season, Marshawn Lynch got stuffed the fewest percentage of times in the entire league. They, they have these stats too. You know they all have all these weird stats and they, they, they knew it. You don't, he doesn't get stuffed. He gets that one yard every time. And, and especially when it's second down and you can give it to him again on third down. Exactly. You can give it to him again on fourth down. The the one that uh, the what did you post on Facebook the Tecmo Bowl with yeah, the, uh, yeah, yeah. the every play, play should be Lynch. <laughs> well, the, the one uh, point that was pretty funny, I think it was Horvath actually. Split backs. Yeah, like, split backs. Since when has Seattle had, had a double set, double back set backfield? Because <laughs> oh, they would have ran it out of that too. That's yeah. what the, since when. <laughs> so we got anything else on the Super Bowl? Uh, one more thing. Uh, another thing Carroll said is that he didn't want to run into that uh, that New England goal line, yeah, goal line defense. If you saw the way that they lined up on that play, the way that uh, Seattle had spread it out, New England was straight across the line. Nobody was even in the double back. It was just straight across the line, straight out. And if you don't think that Marshawn Lynch can't penetrate the first bit of a line, you're, I mean, I don't know what the hell you're thinking. You've been riding this guy for four straight years. Probably put him into an early retirement sometime soon. He's going to have screwed up knees for the rest of his life, and you don't give it to him the one play in the entire year that matters. If I'm Lynch, I, like I was telling you guys before, I go to San Francisco and I shove it up his ass for the rest of my career. That, I, that, I agree. It, it may happen. Yeah, I, I hope it does. Uh, there's got to be a lot of... Um, it can't be a good time in that locker room right now. There's got between the bevel turning, throwing this player under the bus. This peak, the call. There's no doubt the players have to be livid with that coaching staff right now. Marshawn Lynch has been up and down. He's hating the league. That guy might just friggin' retire. Yeah. Um, it's I all on one play. It's, it's one play changes that because otherwise everyone's happy in the locker room. There's no discontent. You're talking about doing it again the next year. Brady's lost Instead his third of, of his last be, three th- Super Bowl appearances. This is not right. This has now yeah. become a spike into the into the whole uh, makeup of the Seattle organization. What this could end up doing is fracturing everything going going down. We've seen so many times the team that is the runner-up in the Super Bowl a lot of times doesn't even make the playoffs the next year. Look at, and this, this could be look one at the of Niners those. since they made it to the Super Bowl. It's been a... 
it's been a rough road for them since three years ago oh, and uh, sure. the, the game they lost to the Ravens. It, so. it, Who's Seattle, their coach now? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> if, if Seattle scores that touchdown, they're talking about they're talking about Belichick fucking up. Why didn't you call that timeout? Give Brady 45 seconds, right. 50 seconds to, to go down and score a touchdown for you to win. Or, yeah, or yeah. a field goal. All they would need is a field goal. Right, that point. I right. thought that was the smartest thing that he did. While I was watching, I'm like, oh my god. And, I, and I was, you're just thinking, like, dude, he's making the, uh, he's putting the pressure on the other team. And the other team, they wilted they under the left. pressure. Yeah. It's, I, it's, 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 it's a full game. And that was the outcome. That but, I mean, and, and that catch, though, by a curse, though. That was, that was insane. That was just ridiculous. That was insane. And it, 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 it happened. It's happening again! And, and <laughs> again! I couldn't believe they didn't show, like, the other one. I'm like, why wasn't anyone mentioning the Antonio Freeman catch? Because that's what it was. That was Wasn't that also in the playoffs? They keep talking about the no, Tyreek catch. It was Monday Night Football. It was Monday Night Football. It was Monday Night Football. It wasn't playoffs. But that was the most like. Uh, you know, yeah. Similar, yeah. The play. yeah, the Tyree catch, while incredible, wasn't the same type of catch. No, yeah. it was just happening to the Patriots again yeah. in the Super True. Bowl. I guess Suck it. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's why. That's why. When that happened, I was like, they're done. This is unbelievable. <laughs> uh, Are you fucking kidding me? Why do you run it with Lynch from the five yard line on first down and then don't give four yards? Yeah, he gets four yards, he gets you down to the one, and then I, you go away from him right there. What was the final line in Vegas on this game? Like one? It was. I think it was one. Patriots favored by one. What was it forty-eight points? So who was? I want to know who was the was more people betting on. You oh, know. I don't know. I think it's Patriots. I think. I have no I idea. Know. I don't bet on that stuff. Oops, it was. Sorry. They made four and a half million dollars. Or. The Vegas did. Like off the game, like okay, not just that's how much money was bet. That's how much they made, on the game. So. Which was like the largest in history. Largest or lowest? Four and a half million is. Yeah. What they made, what they took home in the end, like usually you know you got to pay. That, that, that sounds low. That sounds low to me. I don't think that they would. Four million for for all of Vegas? No, it's got to be a lot more than that. Vegas is making a lot of dough because they're making so the big on all the all stuff on all, every bet anyway. So yeah, yeah. All, the, um, all the little crap bets. You know, well, let's yeah. go. Anything yeah. you guys prop bets, first. right? Yeah. yeah. Anything we should do with the Super Bowl any longer, or do you want to get into? Uh, How about Julian Edelman? Yeah, we got to talk about yeah. him from a fantasy, you know. Standpoint and from, showed, and from an Instagram standpoint. <laughs> what you know? You talking about, about his Tinder? Yeah, no, the, yeah. Or the girl's the Tinder? girl, the girl that, that banged him the night that they won the Super Bowl. He's passed out, probably partying his balls off that Sunday night. She's like this in bed. She's like fucked Julius Adel- Julian Edelman last <laughs> night. No joke. <laughs> He's totally passed out. It's fucking hilarious. And then two days later, they were partying on Harvard campus and just going up. And that guy's just plowing through. But basically, the, the word I heard is that girl had come down from Boston that posted that picture. And she's banned at the bars in Boston right now. She's like banned. There's like pictures oh. of her by the door. She's banned in the Boston bar. Don't, don't disrespect have, our players yeah, here, she man. She might have to move on. Oh. She got Julian uh, good that, that Super Bowl Monday. Anyway, uh, yeah, Adelman, way to go, man. You think of a player who was drafted super low as a quarterback, Kent State, kick returning for a while, barely staying. He was, dude, remember in the last Super Bowl? He was their defensive back. He was like their, he was basically the Malcolm Butler guy in the, the, the previous Super Bowl. He was like the sixth DB they had. Yep. It's crazy. Now he's making nine catches, 100 yards, and the winning touchdown in a Super Bowl. I mean, Good for you, man. That just shows you, you know, working your butt off and 
and uh, pay, pays off, and it's a good setting. And Resilient, it's a great too, man. Story. I swear to God, one of those catches that he had over the middle, it looked like he was knocked up. Yeah. Basically. Oh, yeah. Uh, he yeah. was out on his feet, basically gained another like seven yards on the play. Well, uh, they said his knee was down, but it was close. Yeah. yeah. yeah I, I, I didn't think it was down, play. but they showed that was a It was a close. sick play. But he looked like, I mean, he looked like he was out, out on his feet, just walking around like total days, kept yeah. playing the same, you know. And well. making big plays. Yeah. Yep. Made the, yeah, so good job, Edelman. That's uh, good, good, good work. You got to be thinking, a guy like Wes Welker is watching that game, and while he's happy for Tom Brady and some of these guys, it's got to be just like, oh, God. He just like remembering dropping that pass to four years ago, five years, four years ago, and just all that kind of shit. And he's he lost two of them, and then now they got Edelman and, and uh, Amendola, and they won it. They won it again. That got got a sting a little bit for bittersweet for Welker because I'm sure he's happy for Tom. Uh, all right, guys, let's go into this. Um, this, uh, for this next segment, and that's going to be the Pyro's Baker's Dozen. This is basically, we're going to start with 12 guys that are on our radar, and as we mentioned, it's the Pyro, Baker's Dozen, or Stags mentioned. So Expect a lot of yeah, players. It's 12, if a Baker's Dozen is 13, the Pyro's Baker's Dozen is like, like 20, yeah, 24, yeah, so 23. <laughs> 26. 26. We haven't decided. 26 sounds. <laughs> we're just going to go with the flow here, but there's a lot of names on this page. Um, all right, you know, Dogmatica, let's let let you do your thing. We know a guy that you're you're digging on for uh, for this year, and um, and you're 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 ready to roll with this guy. So, who who are you really high on and thinking positively uh, for next season, quarterback wise? All right, I I am loving. Um, I, I think he actually because if you remember for like the last five years, except for the last maybe year or two, not last year, but the year before, 2013, um, maybe even 2012 too. I don't remember. But for a while, Eli Manning was right at the cusp of being a starting quarterback for fantasy teams. He was right around the 11, 12 range, and that's where he would always be ranked by every you know expert out there or whatever. And that's always where he'd pretty much end up, is right in that zone. Um, but he fell off the face of the earth for a couple of years there. I don't think the offense was quite right for him. Um, but they brought in this new offense, new, new coordinators, um, and they got... a. a an awesome talent, obviously, in Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, Victor Cruz will be back next year. Ruben Randall uh, is a good third piece to that mix. And uh, they got that uh, tight end there, Larry Donnell, Donnell whatever, um, who wasn't too bad. It was an option, at least. Um, I love what he's going to do next year. It's going uh, to be fun to watch him grow again into an offense that is much more tailored to his strengths. It isn't a downfield offense where it's, uh, you know, th- throwing off his back foot and throwing 20 interceptions a year anymore. This is a quick hitch, precise patterns, and he's got the he's got the talent around him to do it. Yeah, um, the thing is, you know, Eli Manning's never done the commercials where it's like, in my laser rocket arm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. Because he doesn't have one. Um, you know, he's, he's good. Uh, I didn't expect him. He, what did he, he said he was going to shoot for like 75% completion yes, percentage 70, or something. Yeah. That, that didn't happen, but... Uh, you know, he improved his completion percentage considerably. And, you know, the offense seemed to definitely work uh, towards the end of the season. And there's just that fact that these guys will target the wide receivers. You know that. They will target their number one wide receiver, and they will target him a shitload. And here's what you got to like, too, is they are one of the teams that say, hey, throw that fade route. Every time we get in the 10, like, so he's got the chance to just, you know, sort of rack up touchdowns. Uh, you know, 
how they kind of swirl back around with the run game of, you know, Rashad Jennings and the Andre Williams, you know, factor will kind of factor in. Uh, because they might they might end up throwing it a lot. They threw it a lot last year. It was the most uh, attempts that he's had in his career. And he had the best completion percentage of his career, which is impressive. Second most yards, second most touchdowns. Uh, but, I, you know, 30 touchdowns, only 14 interceptions. Uh, being uh, from Chicago, I'd kill for that. Yeah. You know? But, um, but I, I like what they're looking at next year. Well, I like it too because, again, I'm not impressed by the running game. So you're going to have to lean on Eli. That's that's the whole thing to me. And I know that there are some people who want to project that Andre Williams is going to be this, that, or the other thing. I I didn't see it. The only time that I saw him do anything was against Tennessee. Everybody did something against Tennessee. Yep. So With all the free agents and the, obviously the draft, I mean, don't they seem like a team that's going to go for a running back at no. least somewhere? No? no? No, not after they just drafted Andre Williams. Um, I, I, think, I, I think you're able to get pretty good running backs in the fourth and fourth I think that they days. want probably his offensive line. Early. That was the biggest problem point uh, going into the season, and it showed early on. Uh, Manning was obviously struggling early on. He was terrible in the preseason, uh, but it got a little better as it went along. I think that they strengthened it up this offseason. Which is obviously more of a point to uh, now they Eli know, Manning. Now they know the, seat, the the system, so it's it's yeah. But remember too, better. I mean, this is this is a, a team deal. that first time in a long time for Eli last year. I'll back you up though too. I think that they might draft another running back at some point because remember Mid-level they had they, they had David Wilson that was in the fold there too that then ended up uh, retiring. Retiring. So there's there's empty spots and there is I don't know what their cap situation is, but I mean I I, I just. Think that it's, it's good for it's Eli good because for Andre Williams is a guy that is showing that okay, you can maybe Except be. For the he he was only effective when he would score his touchdowns, and that's what he was when they were having those goal line carries. But his run, yards per carry and his ability to break long runs was not there. So Rashad Jennings, yeah, he has that that potential that burst, but again, he's also a guy that gets hurt all the time. So. It does set up well, and having ODB, having that number one guy, and then, remember, we didn't even get to see ODB and Victor Cruz play together. So that whole dynamic should really help out Eli a lot. Absolutely. Um, Eli Manning, and talk about momentum, last three weeks of the season, number one fantasy quarterback in the whole league. Um, had the most yards at the 1,070 yards over the last three games. That's, that's pretty insane. <laughs> you know, that's over 350 a game. Um, wow. I, I love his momentum going into next season. It's going to be fun to watch. Who else we who else we want to talk about? I'll, I'll throw a guy out and let you guys kind of uh, go with it. You know, we, we talk about him a lot and the players in this team. But Pittsburgh Steelers, Ben Roethlisberger, uh, we got to be loving going into this season. What what we, what you can get out of that guy? So, um, what do you think? I always I always love my Roethlisberger. I mention it. I mention him at least a little bit here and there every year. He's a guy you should always keep your eye on. Always ends up in the 10, 11, 12 range in the end for fancy quarterbacks this year. This last year ended up at, at 6, which is extremely impressive. Um, of course, next year he's going to have some talent around him. Obviously, Le'Veon Bell, who may or may not get suspended for a game or two to start the season due to that DUI uh, being concluded. But uh, he has the wide receivers, for sure, You know, there with uh, the youngster Martavis Bryant. Uh, Mark Sweden, of course, is still a, a decent compliment as a, as a third, and Antonio Brown, who might very well be the best wide receiver in the entire league at this point. So, I mean, that's a pretty good core to go with. Um, I don't know. He's he's not a guy I would consider con- consistent enough to say that he's going to end up in the top six again next year. But he's somebody that you should definitely uh, be keeping an eye on and uh, have on your radar as a starting fantasy quarterback next year. He's one of those guys that if you're going to wait on quarterbacks. 
he's a guy that you should be targeting for sure. Because you know, not to not to step up and draft him, say in the fourth round or something like that. But he's a guy that could slip to you in the sixth, seventh, eighth round. Mm-hmm. And if you're waiting on that second half of quarterbacks to be taken, because for whatever reason, there's just certain players and certain quarterbacks or certain any players are always overlooked for whatever the reason. And there is a lot of depth at the quarterback position, and there's a lot of guys that people want to project all these good things happening for. But here's the other great thing about Roethlisberger. Consistently, he'll always give you a couple of huge games every year. That's true. He'll win you weeks just at least twice a year. He's, I think I was looking up a stat. I think he's the only guy who has a 400-yard passing game in like each of the last like six or seven years. Right. I mean, that's, that's insane in itself. When you're thinking about guys like... Uh, you know, Matthew Stafford, you know, is, is it one guy that anybody in most leagues, he'll be drafted ahead of Roethlisberger. Stafford is not Roethlisberger. Roethlisberger is a better fancy QB than Matthew Stafford is. It's tough to say that. It's weird to say that. Because you keep projecting with Calvin Johnson and you keep projecting Stafford, you know, that one huge season he had. And he's never gotten back there. And you no. keep waiting for it. Like, hey, this guy's got all the pieces in pay- place. And it's just... You know, he's one of the guys that we're going to talk about a little later that we're just down on. He's not there. He hasn't put it together. So, no, you know, hasn't. definitely probably going to end up ranking, I don't know about Eli, but Roethlisberger will probably end up being ranked ahead of Stafford for me next year. Yeah, that's a good possibility for me, too. Absolutely. I agree. Uh, all right, let's talk about another guy. We got, uh, let's just not, he's probably the most obvious guy on our list, but we love him. We've loved him for a few years now, a couple years now. Uh, but Andrew Luck, um, let's not talk too much about him. It's an obvious well, one. If you, it's obvious, and what you finally, you, what you are seeing is this. And this was the, I remember all the arguments that we were having with RG3 and, and Andrew Luck when they were both drafted. And I was firmly behind Andrew Luck all the way. And, and we see the, the natural progression of a pocket passer who, is really good and, and mature skills at the position for his age. So we saw the development ne- last year. That development should just continue to to ascend this year. You know, you have much more better weapons in place than now knowing about what he has at wide receiver in T.Y. Hilton, seeing the development of, of a young and up-and-comer of Dante Moncrief. Um, you know, you still need to figure out what's going what the situation is with the running back situation, but he's got double threat at tight end. Amazing double threat tight end that also helps to him as a runner as well. So uh, all the pieces are there. It's it's a it's a team that is definitely on the rise. It's a team that that could potentially stay atop the AFC for the next four to five years because he's that good of a player. And to me, the thing that I love about him, and when I, when you're picking him or you're keeping him as a keeper or you have him in a dynasty league, and you're, or you're going early for him in a in a redraft uh, format. I feel like he's the sturdiest guy there is at the position. Where even with running and even with some of the when he's got to make plays with his legs, this guy feels to me. I don't want to knock on wood or anything, but feels to me like he's going to make 16 games every year, and that's huge when you're dealing with quarterback. Because if your main guy you go high in the first couple rounds on a quarterback, you know, and he's in that zone, he's definitely going to be drafted in the first couple rounds. I think, right? Maybe he sneaks into three, but I mean, I think I don't see that happening really. No, he's he's, he's going to be if not rounder. the first rounder, he's definitely yeah. the second. Yeah, got to happen. So he's not he's not sneaking up on anybody. Yeah, he's not sneaking up. So I like his sturdiness. I like his body. He's got that the Charlie don't surf lower leg uh, power and uh, <laughs> just he's a smart guy. He doesn't he doesn't want to get injured either. Right. Well, I mean, I don't know what else there is to say about Luck. He's no. <laughs> he's a stud, you know, plain and simple. Is he the number one quarterback next year? Um, 
It's it's he's in the discussion now. He's, he is to me. It, it no longer is it like oh we have Rogers and 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 uh, Manning and and these guys Breeze. that are ahead. Right. He's now. I think he's he's at their level, if not as you're saying. Potentially I like ahead. him also because the because uh, the up because the upside. Um, you know, I just think Rogers. I don't think he's going to have a better season next year. Where I think the ceiling is still hasn't been hit by luck. No, no, he's, and he already broke a bunch of uh, Peyton Manning records from the Colts. Yeah. I disagree that Aaron Rodgers might have a better season next year. Uh, he definitely might. Yeah, he, uh, he definitely might. That's true. Uh, the touch, you know, Eddie Lacy having a very tough schedule next year. Um, they might have to throw it around, and the guys, you know, they're facing are usually. The guys in the division are tough run defenders in Minnesota and, uh, you know, Detroit. Chicago's definitely not. Well, <laughs> but, uh, you know, he's going to have to throw it around. And the only time he struggled was against those kind of top defenses, the Seattles, that he probably won't have to play again. Actually, that's that's not true. He, he I mean, it's going to be a tough schedule. The, the NFC North, um, in general, has a tough schedule this year. But if if there's somebody that can overcome it, it's Aaron Rodgers. He's always, I mean, he, he ended up with the most fancy points over luck this year. Strangely, um, yeah. I mean, it, granted, it was because Indianapolis kind of threw in the towel for a couple games there towards the end because um, they didn't have to anything to play for. They were stuck in their playoff position. But I don't know. Next year, uh, it's you know, Green Bay plays. They do have the St. Louis, Seattle, Arizona, San Fran. You know, so that's uh, fuck city for for Eddie Lacy, of course. But that's also going to be a little bit tough for for Rodgers as well. Plus, they have the first place schedule, so they also play um, they play Denver, which is a tough defense. Um, Oakland's getting better. Carolina uh, improved greatly towards the end of the year. They they were very tough to beat towards the end of the year. And then they also have KC, San Diego, and uh, and Dallas to play. Dallas, of course, is very iffy on defense, but. It's it's going to be tough just going up against that NFC West in general. It's a, it's a tough schedule for him. Uh, what do you guys think about Joe Flacco heading into next year? I know Dog Matica is into him. Uh, Dog, you'll get your chance to speak on him last. What are you guys thinking about uh, for Mr. Flacco? Is he a guy that you're fired up for going into next season? I don't think I ever get fired up for Flacco. <laughs> I'm fired up for Flacco. Yeah, give me some. I mean, uh, Flacco's a guy that's like uh, a consistent backup. When I'm looking, you know, for my first backup, if I'm going to take a guy like uh, Eli Manning or a Roethlisberger, you know, I'm, I'm sort of probably going to be looking for a more consistent guy to back him up. So Flacco will probably be my top option there. He'll probably be ranked somewhere in the 13 to 15 range so where you can get him as your backup. And, yeah, he's the kind of guy who can have those huge games too. Yeah. Um, they're a lot more rare. Than some of the other guys, but he's definitely got the potential to throw it around for 300 yards and five touchdowns. Well, no, he would do that, but then he would also give you uh, some of the one, worst games ever in the history. So, zero and one, yeah, yeah. <laughs> his 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 swings are are so violent that it's it's hard to bipolar fantasy player. Well, it's hard to have that be the guy who's leading your 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 your, your number one quarterback on your fantasy team because yeah. you want to have at least. To know that, okay, on a bad day, I'm going to get at least 10 points or something out of him and not, not just fall off the table. Well, he consistently, and it has been this way for, for him for a while now, but he's, he's a home quarterback. When he's on the road, I wouldn't even, you know, even if I didn't have somebody else to start, I wouldn't start him. Um, I mean, he had two sub-double-digit games last year, both on the road. A uh, few others that were really close to uh, going below double digits, those were all on the road. Um, but this year, he did have his best year. 
you know, and it was under a slightly new system, of course. Um, you know, it Which definitely it took him. Yeah, and it, it was implemented slowly, so it took him a little while to get into it. But he threw for the most yards in his career, most touchdowns in his career. He was up at sixty-two percent completion percentage. Um, through the, you know, he's he's definitely a consistent guy. But the big point that I think once it catches up to people that, oh my God, he's got Mark Tressman as his offensive coordinator now. That it, regardless of how bad of a head coach he was and how much we want to make fun of him or how quiet he is or how ill-placed he was as a head coach, the guy gets offensive stats out of his players. And Flacco's a guy to watch for sure when that's coming around. Um, they found a, a running back, it seems, as assuming Forsett re-signs there, which I think he will, who can catch some passes and make something happen on the backfield, a la you know, Ray Rice to the past a little bit. And Baltimore got a couple of hot daughters uh, in their in their in their neighborhoods now. Yeah, absolutely, with Tressman going over there. We, that's probably what we missed the most out of the Tressman experiment here was those little honeys living in the Chicago land. Yeah, I'm gonna have to change my route home now. Bummer. <laughs> <laughs> He's not kidding. <laughs> One love. It's the only way we can be together. Put me in a tank. Uh, there is an alternative. As you know, my research has advanced to a point where I can put her mind into the body of a gorilla. I couldn't fuck a gorilla. As I know. But there is one other alternative. A human subject. Are you saying you can place her thoughts in another woman's body? In the past week, I've had two near successes. What do you mean near successes? In my recovery room are two subjects who do nothing but this. But I think I've solved the problem. What kind of life would that be? This is my wife. Oh, I know her. She hate that. That's how I think the marriage of Tressman and Flacco is going to go. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it stands for precision and it's quick. It's I think it's going to work. Another thing about Flacco that people tend to, I don't know, I don't want to say they ignore, but it's something that can be big, and especially in today's day and age. He makes it 16 games every year. Without fail, he hasn't no, missed a single true. game in his career yet. That's true. Um, you know, f- seven straight years of 16 games played. He's he's steady in that pocket. Is it seven years already. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Wait, that's yeah. crazy. That's a good point though. Let's move to running backs. Let's look, check, take a look at uh, you know, you you brought a good guy that I think all of us were on to last year, and we really love, and uh, it, I think it's on the up and up there in Oakland. And uh, the first guy that, that we're going to talk about here is Latavius Murray. So. Tell, tell me, dog, what your thoughts are on that, and then we'll all talk about him and that system and go through a few other guys as well. Well, I've been on this guy's job for a couple of years, and it was unfortunate the injuries and stuff that happened to him his rookie year. I had to sit it out. It was unfortunate that Oakland, that the way that they are, decided to sign uh, Maurice Jones-Drew and give Darren McFadden his last chance, and they waited a little too long to see what Murray had. But once he finally got out there, the guy was a freaking stud. Uh, they had him under the, uh, you know, under the roster for... You know, uh, way too long not to use him, especially when their you know their season was in the tank weeks and weeks before uh, they decided to finally use him. But from what everybody saw and what I saw and what everybody should know now, the guy is bona fide and he's going to be the starter next year. Well, it's a new regime there too. Yes. So they'll coming in as a Jack Del Rio. They know. Yes. They're exactly. going to give him the ball. Exactly. They, well, they no saw ties. what he did it against the division rival in Kansas City. You know, they're all coming from that division. Sure. So it's like. This guy did what? Yeah. <laughs> On how many carries? Yeah. And yeah, he, he's pretty good. You know, yeah. he's big and fast and strong. And you know, there's things you just like about a player. And one of the things I'm coming around to with the running back position is weight matters and you know size overall bulk matters. Because 
you know, personally, when I like watching the running back position, I like watching these smaller guys in between the tackles, uh, you know, and then breaking things. I like watching, you know, Reggie Bush in college. I think that's my favorite, you know, player ever in circumstance, whatever we want to talk about. That's what I enjoyed. But, you know, these guys got to be able to make touchdowns or else they're not going to end up as a top 10 uh, fantasy option. Well, on top of that, too, though, you also have to be careful because this is the problem that Murray had was the, the concussions. Mm-hmm. And that's why you also want to have a bigger guy, too. But you also don't want to have a guy that's big that just always runs to contact. So, you know, it's kind of a blend that you need to have. You want to have that size and you want to have it where Murray also, uh, Latavius also has that ability to break the big, the big run. And now if he can just learn to be smarter about not running into as much contact. Yeah, and hopefully that they, they, they teach him that because that can be a problem, the concussion thing. Uh, it's usually more of a problem for the smaller backs, but um, he's got the size and he's faster than any of those smaller backs either, if you guys didn't know. Yeah, that breakaway speed on that 80 yard or whatever, it's just pretty good. Yeah, what do you have, 245 yards, three touchdowns on four carries in that game or something? <laughs> <laughs> a lot of points Freaking sitting on my bench after I t- told myself I was going to play him. I was watching that game and like, Douchebag! You were literally <laughs> gonna play this fucker. How did he not do that? And even though that he only Thursday played a half, too. yeah. And even though he only played a half, it was still oh, like oh, barely so even a half. Right. Well, uh, let's talk about the guy over across the bay, and that's Carlos Hyde, uh, San Francisco. All point, signs point to the Gore is gone, or it doesn't matter. Uh, Carlos Hyde, what you guys think uh, could have a nice season for uh, the 49ers this year? Well, I mean, they're moving on. Gore. Is going to become insignificant at this point in time. They've, they've milked about all they could. This was supposed to be their big playoff uh, Super Bowl run push last year. Didn't happen. So, again, you're going to have a new regime that's coming in here. Carlos Hyde's going to get the first shot. Now, another thing that we also talked about, though, thing that something that could derail Carlos Hyde is the whole Marshawn Lynch factor. What if Lynch, as a free agent, were to sign with San Francisco? Then that, that really puts a hurt on Carlos Hyde. Well, Seattle's going to have to jump him first. Because he's actually under contract with Seattle for this next year, but it's a really steep cap hit. Um, and who I else guess, do they have to pay? They got to pay a couple other people. Uh, yeah, they do. I mean, yeah, there's definitely Russell guys, Wilson. yeah Russell Wilson yeah. first and foremost. Um, and they, I mean, they have running backs that they can they can go to if need be. But I mean, we'll see. They they seem to want Lynch back, and that's what they're talking about. But if Lynch gets dropped and decides to go somewhere else. Like I said, I mean, after what they just did to him, it wouldn't shock me to see him stay in that division and shove it up Seattle's ass for the rest of his career. You know, whether it be maybe even St. Louis, you know, or something like that. Um, How many years do you think that bad? Yeah, right? Wow, there you go. Holy cow. That would be a great call. Well, even St. Louis, too, you pair him there with uh, Trey Mason. Yeah, either way. But but Saint, I think Arizona is closer to, to being in the Super well, Bowl sure. than than the Rams tonight. Well, this is a guy that's this is a guy that's been win, winning for a while. You don't want to go to some some uh, lesser team. I don't know. Uh, well, let's talk. What's your thoughts? A little more on, on Carlos Hyde. What's why do you think? Why, why do you see well, this everything I saw out of him? I mean, he has the makings of a great running back. Plain and simple. That that San Fran offensive line is still. You know, formidable. You know, you could definitely uh, gain some yards running behind those guys. And uh, Kaepernick, supposedly, they're talking about getting him running that uh, option read. You know, the read option uh, play quite a bit more this year, which opens things up for running backs quite a bit. Everybody saw what happened with Alfred Morris. Um, that's going to happen for Carlos Hyde. And if it happens with Marshawn Lynch, yeah, exactly. Let's let's say Lynch is if Gore's gone, Hyde's a guy I would definitely keep on my radar. Probably not as an RB1 on my team, but really close to the cusp. I mean, there's guys, if you've noticed, 
Um, guys, I don't want to say come out of nowhere because we can we can kind of peg some of these guys down. But systems make a big a big deal when it comes to getting fantasy points on these running backs. And Hyde will be in one that I, would, uh, I think know, that Hyde is. I think Hyde, you're right, is a great value if you draft early. Mm-hmm. If you have a, like one of these leagues that actually drafts like in early August or something like that, I have a feeling that he could burst that bubble. He'll be one of those guys that does a couple things in preseason. Exactly. That's it. That's it. That, that's what I'm worried yeah, about. He's going to be about. He's gonna be on everybody's radar of one, in one game in the preseason, and then the values. Absolutely. With the Kelsey factor. Same thing happened with Kelsey. You know, everybody was finally on his jock because he was doing stuff in the pre. Um, who else? Uh, Jordan Cameron, I think, two years ago. I think people were starting to see. Uh, the Julio Jones when we were uh, projecting exactly. his uh, huge breakout year. I think we had him as our number one receiver before all that shit. And right. then everybody else had him as their number one receiver after the preseason. It was like two, sure. two or three great – that's what we all call each other. Would someone tell Julio to stop Just catching touchdowns stop. in the preseason? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So true. Well, let's go to another one. Houdins, you get to start this guy. This is your boy. My boy. Jeremy, Jeremy Hill. Hill. So, again – Talking about size mattering for, for a running back. Talking about all the different factors that matter for a running back. He has the size, 6'1", 233. He has the speed. He showed you he could break away the big, long touchdown runs this year. And he has the right coach. No longer, you know, Jay Gruden left the year ago. It's Hugh Jackson who's there calling the offensive plays. Hugh Jackson likes to have a much more balanced run-based offense. And now they know Giovanni Bernard is not the number one guy. When Gio did come back at the end of the year, you saw it was still Jeremy Hill who was the go-to guy that they are leaning on. And so you add all those factors uh, together. He is an absolute stud. He's one of these guys that I have a feeling probably for him too. He's going to be another guy that's, uh, that as great as he is, he could potentially uh, be overdrafted by people as well just because there's the this factor that everyone's like trying to project out and, and you and you fall in love with the guy. So I know I have him and luckily I have him in all of my keeper leagues so, and dynasty awesome. leagues so I don't even have to worry about drafting him. But he's a guy that I think initially would probably be a could be a late second, early third round pick and I have a feeling that he could be moving well uh higher up into that. What are your thoughts? He's probably gonna be drafted exactly where uh Gio Bernard was drafted this year. Uh, early second round. Early second round, you know, maybe third. I got Gio, I got Gio in my league, I think, in the seventh or eighth. Didn't even really turn out to be a great pick. But when I got that guy, I was like, oh, my God. My league was so down on Gio. It was crazy. And he, he wasn't great for the whole season, but he started out hot. Um, hot, hot, hot. Hot, hot, hot. Let's talk quickly. Talk about Le'Veon Bell. Just quickly, obviously, he's going to be a top three running back on anybody's uh, but he's going to be he's a potential a, number that, one overall yeah, pick next year. Yeah, absolutely. Potential number one overall pick. Uh, right now, I would draft him number one, depending on if he misses a game. I I think his suspension will be short. If he gets a suspension, it'll be one game max. Uh, I don't think it'll be two. The pro- the problem is is that they switched all the rules around. You know, with uh, the new uh, agreement and stuff that they came up with them in the middle of the year goes harder on DUIs and less on obviously smoke yeah. and dope. So I don't know. I, I don't know if they if it's only going to be one game. The thing I would is, say the NFLPA putting an appeal against that, uh, here's a, here's that whole th- system. Are you really oh, scared though? Would you would you not take a number one overall because you're going to miss the first two games of the season with him? Yeah, yeah, that would bother me. I need to get it happened to me last year. I had a slow start in one of my leagues. I, my team didn't get going. At the end, you're rolling, but you're, like, you're, you're kind you're of shaving, in a bad position already. Basically, you're what you're doing is you're shaving off 30 points. 
off his final season total. No, no, no. I get that. But here's my point. So here's what I'm saying. This is where I think the, the value is. I still say he's the number one overall. Now, I'm with you. Only, only a couple people get, you know, only one person in every league gets the number one overall pick. And if they're feeling like you guys, like you, D-Rex, and, and Stag Party are saying, maybe they're getting, and I have the number five pick, and he slides to me, I am jumping all over it. Oh, because, sure. you know, it, it, anywhere in the top three, I'm You're not... Happy. Quarterbacks I, may, may go higher. The potential for points. Prime, prime example, two years ago, Josh Gordon missed the first two games of the season, ended up with the most wide receiver fantasy points playing only 14 games. That can happen with Le'Veon Bell. Mm-hmm. He has the potential to do that sort of thing. Um, his, he's obviously on the way up and up. Uh, he has every facet of the game down, and he's a stud, and they want to keep going to him. He's, he's actually a really tough guy, even though he had a bit of an injury there towards the end. That's the one thing I want to keep an eye on, though, because it was a knee, uh, right? Yeah, yeah. You, you want to watch that in the offseason. You want to make sure that everything looks fine, that he's not being... Not that he is participating in all the mini camps and all the other stuff, not, uh, you know, now, he didn't secretly, up, oh, something's worse than we know. Well, I mean, that happened mm-hmm. in, what was it, week 17 or week 16 or yeah, 17 16 or whatever or it was? Um, and he ended up skipping uh, the, the playoff game, which obviously they lost, but he was about to play in the Pro Bowl game. He said, I'm fine, I'm playing in the Pro Bowl game. Turns out um, they convinced him to stay out of the Pro Bowl game. There was really nothing to it. But, you know, I'm sure he went anyway and had a great time, but. He, he stayed out of that. He should have played. I think he's going to be just fine for next year. Yeah, it was, I don't ex- think it's it was just a hyperextension of the knee, right? Yeah, it really wasn't that wasn't big of a deal. Knee. I mean, it, it wasn't like it a torn anything. That it looked really bad, though. Ugh. It was a fluky play, yeah. It was. It was. Uh, it looked bad, but... Well, let's talk about the next guy. Adrian Peterson. Who knows where he's going to be? Is he playing for uh, the Vikings? Is he playing for Dallas? Is he going to New York? Who knows? Um, nobody. But, regardless, the guy's going to probably slide big time in drafts um, and could be a value. So, uh, I, I, I know that I'm high on him. I know, Dog, you're high on him. What, what do we all think about Adrian Peterson's possibilities of going back on the top five, top three running back zone next year? Uh, he just had a year off. Who else, as a running back, can say that? Yeah. Wear and tear is one of these things that matters, and... Yeah, Adrian Peterson just had a year off. I don't know what he did, but I guarantee you he was in the gym. Because uh, oh, that's, yeah. that's where I would be. And, you know, 2,000 yards might be on his radar again. Yeah, or, you it. know, out back climbing trees, cutting down branches and stuff. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there's one thing I learned out of uh, about Adrian Peterson over my fantasy career, just watching him and loving him to, to death. The guy is awesome to watch. Anytime somebody says he can't do it, anytime that something bad happens, he comes back and he's even better. Every single time the next year, he comes back to prove you wrong. He's one of those type of guys that loves to prove people wrong. And that's what's going to happen next year. Whoever gets him next year is going to get him at a bargain. Um, he's gonna be, he would be a huge cap hit against uh, Minnesota if they kept him around. He's the highest paid running back. It would be in the range of like 13, 14 million or something against the cap, whatever. Which is too, I don't blame the Vikings if they want to restructure it or sign him to a different deal or just let him go altogether. That's a lot of money to be spending on one guy, a running back who's over 30 years old. But if there's anybody who's going to be worth it next year, that guy's going to be worth it. He still has a lot to prove. Missing a whole year, that guy wants records. And if he's going to get records, overall, you know, all-time records, he's going to have to pick it up next year after missing a year. And that's exactly what he's going to do, period. Well, the other thing is, as a running back, and you go to a new team, it's not that hard to pick up the offense. 
different than wide from wide receivers. Yeah, but running backs, you're right. He'll and, and he's the type of guy that you want to give him the ball, handing him the ball twenty plus times a game. So that shouldn't worry you at all. The potential is great. He could go anywhere. You know, there's the potential. If he ends up ends up in Dallas, oh, I'll tell you, 2,500 yards. It's ridiculous. I'll, I'll place bets on it right now. With that offensive line, with that offensive line, 2,500. I'm not kidding, dude. Holy so shit! So then, if he ends you up in Dallas, take Le'Veon Bell with the yeah, number so one. Yeah, so that's what I'm gonna ask. So if uh, if he ends up in Dallas, you're going AP over Le'Veon. If he ends up in Dallas, yeah, I'm going AP over Le'Veon. Period. And that, that offensive line yeah. and seeing what Demarco Murray just did, come on, it's a no-brainer. That guy's gonna he'll have. 18 touchdowns, 20 touchdowns, and maybe not 2,500, but he'll have 2,000. DeMarco had 13 touchdowns and 18.45, another 416, uh, you know, receiving. Give me a break. AP is going to destroy the league if he goes to Dallas next year. Agreed. Let's move on to um, <laughs> to the wide receiver position. Your big boy, Mr. Mike Evans, going into his uh, into his second year. Um, obviously, we we think the he's on the up and up, positively sitting on our radar. Yeah, absolutely. He's he emerged, and he coincides with a guy who has fallen into negative graces on our radar, or fallen off the radar. Mr. Vincent Jackson on the other side. You know what Mike Evans was able to do in the second half of the season, and you just start to see that you now realize that's the true makings of a bona fide ace number one wide receiver. That he can be targeted 12, 13 times a game. He can be counted on to, to, to make and fight for every ball, to, to make all the plays, make plays after making the catch. He has all the intangibles. The one thing he doesn't have is he did all that without a quarterback. And now there's a good potential. We don't know. If the, are they going to go Tampa and grab Jameis Winston? Because um, that's pretty much the only pro-ready quarterback that's in this class. Or are they going to try to go through free agency and, and sign somebody else? That, that's Either which way, he's going to be the focal point of the offense. And he, with his abilities, even if they try to roll more coverages, which is always now you have more attention to you, I'm not concerned for him. I, I have a slight concern w- with Mike Evans. Um, last year, I think, was what you're going to see again. I don't think he's going to improve all that much. Yes, he hit a bit of a rookie wall um, right towards the end there. I think they were able to figure him out a little bit, or he slowed down a tiny bit. He also lost his, his head a couple times, I think, towards the end. Rookie mistakes, that'll, that'll go by the wayside. But there's not much out there in free agency when it comes to quarterbacks. If he gets a rookie, we all know that rookie quarterbacks aren't going to make wide receiver stunts right. immediately. So next year, it has the potential for some, some you know learning charts, some learning uh, curves going on. So... As, as great of a receiver as he was and will be and is, I think they'd be better off, he would be better off as a fantasy wide receiver if they stuck with McCown or whatever, you know, whatever they have there, or Glennon if they happen to keep him, um, just for one more year fantasy-wise. I think that'd be okay for Evans. If they went with a rookie, um, I, th- I think that's trouble. Well, if they, even if they sign a rookie, they may still go with McCown to start. True. So, True. And the other thing is, I, I, I get that, but... He also didn't do anything in the first six games of the season. So True. you now also have the point where I, you know, there's no decision as far as who you're going to lean on. Is it Vincent Jackson or is it him in the passing game? It's going to be him. So he's going to start seeing, and that's what he was seeing at least, the majority of targets. So I just see him being heavily targeted um, and, and not being a guy that's, uh, you know, he made Johnny Manziel. I think, I think that's clear now. 
Very clear. So he fights for the ball. That's that's why I'm not so worried about him getting 14 targets and only getting six, seven catches. He's a guy that if you give him 13, 14 targets, he's going to get you 10 catches because he's going to go fight for every ball. Yeah. Nice. I like it. It'll be fun to watch. Um, Martavis Bryant, okay, had a couple huge games during those blowout 600-yard games for Roethlisberger. Looks like a difference maker. Looks like the kind of guy that can stretch the field. But on top of that, is uh, is more well-rounded in his wide receiver game than maybe people gave him credit for it. You liked him a lot going in, into the combine last year and throughout, just because his numbers were so close to his teammates Sammy Watkins, and Sam, yeah. Sammy Watkins, who's got drafted fourth overall. So the up and up is for this guy. If he can become the number two on an every on a full season basis for Ben with the best wide receiver opposite of him, obviously uh, the value is going to be there on where you're going to get him in the draft. Yeah, I mean, he's got a ton of potential for next year. Pittsburgh, obviously, um, they throw the ball a little bit more. I think there's only like five or six QBs that had 600-plus attempts last year. Roethlisberger was one of them. Um, they have a running back that you can't just play back against the pass. you got to bunch that line. So, he's, I mean, his potential is mostly in the deep ball. He's not a, he's not a route runner. He's not somebody who's going to go over the middle all that often. Um, that's all Antonio, Antonio Brown, but he'll never get double-covered. Um, yeah, he's only going to get better when it comes to his skills and his uh, understanding of offenses. Great uh, body, he, yeah. He's, he's he definitely has the potential, but <laughs> he's got a great body. Yeah, but he's he's still green. He's still he's still learning. He's still young at the position. I can't I can't say he's going to be a solid wide receiver two or even three for you next year. But he's on that three four cusp for me, where he's potentially startable maybe every week. I mean, he's close. De- I think he's definitely a three. He finished as the 15th uh, receiver uh, in terms of points per game. Uh, you know, the guy makes touchdowns. They don't, you know, Antonio Brown is not a great red zone target. Let's just face it. He doesn't have the prototypical size for the fade routes uh, that, you know, sometimes you need. When he came in in that middle portion of the season and they started throwing him the ball in the red zone, that's when the Pittsburgh offense took off. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, you've got that going for you. And then in the last couple weeks, uh, things sort of changed, and he got more play. And here's where I knew it changed. When they threw him a screen pass, you know, they made a concerted effort to throw this guy the ball on a screen, something that, you know, they were not doing. Uh, and he took it to the house for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you've just got to, like, pay attention to those little things, them trying to get him the ball. You know, he's never going to catch. He probably will end up catching like 50% of his passes. So you're not you're not going to be like looking at the stats being like, wow, man, this guy's got great hands. You know, that's the one thing that's a little bit concerning to me. Yeah. Well, and the thing is too, like, and you mentioned it, you've got Antonio Brown who's going to do most of the other type of routes or whatever. But he has a guy like Antonio Brown to learn from. True. That is great. The other thing that is, he has a solid quarterback to learn from too. And Pittsburgh is probably the team that throws takes the top off of uh, of, of, of uh, defenses more than anybody. Sure. They throw the deep ball at least about three times a half. Yeah, you know, sure. it, it, they're always taking shots. That's why when we mentioned Ben Roethlisberger earlier as a guy that always has huge games and ends up uh, you know scoring those huge points every year because they take shots. Yeah, so. If he's able to improve his skills, if he's able to take all those things, and the other problem factor that's great for him, Marcus Wheaton had every opportunity to take that role, to take the number two position. He did nothing to do it, so he allowed Martavis Bryant. He to looks like he's going to be a good three for them. Right. He looks like he's going to be a good three. Not a not, Mart- Martavis looks like he's 
certainly got in front as of As long as he puts in the work. That's, you know, and that, this is where you're, the, mental, the mental part of the game will fall in for him. And this is where I think it's important to, to see how he's really doing in the mini camps and stuff in the offseason. Agreed. Agreed. Another guy who's kind of got the same uh, body and same uh, game as him uh, really turned it around this year, DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, what do you guys think? No quarterback there either and had quite a nice season. I mean, it was done a lot in, in one uh, game, but still, uh, you know, he's, he came, walked away with some nice stats last year. What, well, you, what are your thoughts? I'm, I'm just going to say a, a couple things real quick, and then I'm, I'm going to turn over to Houdini. I think this is your guy mostly, isn't it? You love your DeAndre? Do you, you love your DeAndre. It's, Don't you stag party? A little bit. Somebody little bit. did. It wasn't me. I'll tell you that. So. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, I, he, listen, the guy is a great talent, don't get me wrong, and he's definitely um, jumped ahead of uh, Andre Johnson in that offense. I don't know what's happening with Andre, if he's going to be there or not, or what the story is with him. But at this point, if Ryan Fitzpatrick is still your quarterback, that's trouble. That's big trouble, and that's going to be inconsistency out of him for the entire season. Um, that's why, why I put down as one of the guys to watch for that we'll talk about a little bit later, or maybe we'll just mention now, is Tom Savage. We'll see what happens there. If they develop that rookie quarterback and he comes along nicely and he develops a nice rapport with DeAndre Hopkins, then it might be worth throwing him in there in your uh, wide receiver two position. I don't think he's a wide receiver one. I don't think he will be a wide receiver one. Not in that offense. Not in a running offense. And not, not He doesn't even really the... have the makeup to be that. He doesn't look like a wide receiver one. No, but uh, Andre Johnson was a bit for, for a little bit there. But, but this is almost the thing that I think he's got better than Andre Johnson. He at least catches touchdowns. No, not really. He's yeah, got six, eight career touchdowns. Six of them last year, though. Eight career touchdowns. Well, this was only two years in the league. <laughs> yeah, and that's what's so, uh, I mean, come on. Yeah, the thing is, he did make touchdowns in college. He had like 18 touchdowns. First rounder. In his... Uh, yeah, twelve hundred and ten receiving yards and six touchdowns last year. I mean, it's not like it, it was all in one game. Here's the thing is... Yeah, you do Three like the touchdowns were in one game. Twelve hundred receiving yards. T. Y. Hilton did it all in one game the year before. True. Yards against Houston. <laughs> yards are able to be, you know, sort of year from year to year. You can predict yards, so you know he's going to get yards, and he's probably going to get you like eighty catches. So uh, the guy catches, you know, what he does well is he catches for over fifteen yards a, uh, a t- catch. You know. That's that's a big number for uh you know number one type receiver. He might not be a number one, but he he's probably gonna be solidly in there at like a number fifteen, uh, probably right around there where you want to rank him. The thing is, they don't throw. They like to run it in the red zone. You know they like to give the ball to their running backs. So it's gonna always limit you know their touchdown potential inside uh you know the red zone. No, I agree. I, I like I like DeAndre Hopkins, but I'll also give you the downsides of it too. We understand. Yeah, they don't they, they don't throw the ball as deep like like Pittsburgh does, and, and they don't connect on it as much. But at the same time, that's the other problem for DeAndre Hopkins potentially, because he does become that guy who is now the number one guy. If, if other defenses are looking at it, Andre Johnson's not the guy that they're focusing on. But the problem is now you can take a safety and you can put a safety. To, to take away the deep, uh, the deep over the top pass, and now you're going to force him to have to make more plays over the middle, and that's something that he's going to have to show that he can do on a consistent basis. The division he's in definitely helps him. Uh, it's one of the easier divisions to, to, to pass in. Um, but in general, I mean, the guy only had five games with double-digit fantasy points. So when you, I mean, when you're talking eleven games of you know nine, eight. 
there's like four or five with nine or eight, and the rest are just down there. And I started them in a couple games. I picked them up probably week three last year. Started them in a couple games, and it's just like, you just realize you can't put this guy how in your lineup. And then he lights it up, and you want to, you know. But how, how did you go down the deer stretch? Hunter it was better down the, the stretch, uh, right? No, he was better in the beginning. The beginning is when he had, you know, three of his, three of his six touchdowns were in the first four weeks. Then he had that one huge game against Tennessee later in the year, 238 yards and two touchdowns. But down the stretch, four for 49, five for 77, five for 38, and two for five. I mean, that's... that's and that's, that's in the game where Andre Johnson had 10 catches for 134 and a touchdown yeah. against Jacksonville in Week 17. They were Well, they were giving it to him. Oh, let's go on to the next guys. Let's yeah, go yeah. to Allen Robinson, a uh, guy that we liked last year. He looks great. Uh, just game, game tape. A kind of guy making plays. Looks like he catches the ball real nice. Knows how to run good routes. What are your thoughts um, on on him for this year and Bortles? That well, connection. I, I think. I mean, you can't mention Allen Robinson without mentioning the rest of that. Yeah, let's that go. There's, there's a guys. lot of Marquise guys. Lee. There's a lot of guys that are all there. That you know, is Short's going to be there. No, probably not. No, he's the he's only not. one that you could probably say is not going to be there. Because there's a guy coming yeah. back from a, a suspension or something like that. Justin who may, Blackman. Who may or may not be there. Who may or not end up there. But they've got a second-round pick in Allen Robinson, a second-round pick in Marquise Lee, an undrafted Allen Robinson. Allen Hearns. Uh, just, Allen Hearns. Allen Hearns is the Excuse me. Undrafted. And then... Justin Blackman was a first-round pick, a high first And has shown pick. signs of being a fantasy stud. There it is, darling. Your new home. A house of horror. What are those assholes doing on the porch? Those aren't assholes. It's pronounced azaleas. <laughs> um... We'll go on with what go on with the, the the Jacksonville wide receivers. You guys think that uh It's definitely something to keep an eye on. Uh you know, there's a lot to monitor. You know, Cecil Short's probably on the way out, but Justin Blackman, if he ends up back as a Jag, that's gonna he's gonna be the number one target. Yeah. Uh just the guy's good. He's got you know, he's got the things the other guys don't really have in that size speed combo. After the catch skills yeah. are he's explosive as hell. It's, it's insane. He's got, I, and I, I feel like he's going to be hungry. The biggest thing to watch, I think, is Blake Bortles' progression throughout the off season. Um, it, it, rookie years are always tough for, for quarterbacks. It's not easy to be a, a rookie quarterback in the NFL. But getting ex- playing experience as a rookie quarterback is huge. Gigantic. I mean, you you talk about the guys who they start. You know, from day one, guys like uh, Andrew Luck or Peyton Manning or whatever. I don't want to put Bortles in that category. Troy Aikman, horrible his first season. Yeah, but yeah, exactly. And, and of course, Jacksonville had a terrible record, and they're you know, they're, they're going to be on the up and up this next coming year. They definitely have some pieces in place there. I think they still need to get that running back situation t- taken care of. I don't think that Denard Robinson's going to end up being the, you know, the savior there. I mean, Toby Gerhardt, we kind of all. I mean, granted, it was a great position to be in. Uh, the running back for the Jags, but I mean it's Toby Gerhardt. If anybody didn't see that from the get go, uh, the, the guy's white. Um, so, <laughs> I mean, so I, I think Bortles and, and what he does his off season and how he uh, progresses as a quarterback himself and how he progresses with these wide receivers in particular, this young group of wide receivers. That's important to look for uh, during the off season. All right, let's go to Dante Moncrief, the second year player. Uh, had a nice rookie season last year. Uh, with the luck, the man we were just talking about, and we, obviously with the way it looks like, um, number eighty-seven uh, Reggie Wayne is 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 aging. 
Uh, wow, that was a, that was a fast aging after some injuries and whatnot. It looks like uh, Luck might have a new guy that he can be really rely on in the, in the passing game. Moncrief has got a lot of a lot of upside to him in that team. Well, I mean, it's it's Indy, you know. I mean, this this is a team that's going to score a lot. They're in a division that allows them to score a lot. And if Reggie Wayne um, happens to retire or whatever end up happening with him, I mean, he could be slotted in at that uh, number two spot next to. T.Y. Hilton, and being a number one or number two or something in an offense like that is priceless, plain and simple. You're, no. you're just going to want him around on your team, period. You know, I, mean, I don't know if I would draft him as, you know, I, I'd probably draft him as a number three receiver to start. I think he'll probably fall off of people's radar. I don't think he's going to be a one or a two, but he has the potential to be. I'll tell you that right now. He, I mean, he's got, he's got the skills to be able to be a, a top-flight type wide, wide receiver there. Here's the thing. He's big, he's thick, and he's fast. Yeah, you know he's not a small guy. He's he's got some bulk to him, which you know Ty Hilton doesn't have. So that's going to end up you know being a big thing. Uh, the thing is, you know Andrew Luck likes to target tight ends in the red zone. You know that's always why it's been a Dwayne Allen show when it gets down there, and he likes the, the dump off to the running backs. Their running backs score a lot of receiving touchdowns, uh, which is you know somewhat abnormal. So he might never be a double-digit touchdown guy, uh, but if I guess if there's anybody at the wide receiver position to bet on, he's kind of going to be that guy. And then you got to think about this: how many targets did Reggie Wayne have last year? It's a good question. One hundred and sixteen. Really? Do you believe that target volume? No. And you know, Hakeem Mix is on a one-year deal, uh, so there's definitely going to be, you know, probably. 80 to 100 targets, you know, come in Moncrief's way next year. At least. That's crazy. That's crazy. Let's move on to another guy that's coming into his second year, Jordan Matthews. Obviously a great player from Vanderbilt. Had a nice season at moments with the Eagles. Uh, What are your thoughts on the next progression? You guys had some good thoughts in our pre-production talks. Uh, Throw some of those out there on why you think he's going to have a great season. They're they're getting rid of of Riley Cooper, one way or another. They want to... Change things up. Riley KKK K- K- Cooper. You know, they, they definitely want to change some things up there. Um, you, you thought that Chip Kelly was up pace before. They want to get it even faster. Um, they want a running. Uh, they want a quarterback. I think f- from what I'm looking at, everything I'm reading is that they're they may want to move on from Foles and move into uh, getting one of those run option top guys. Like they're Mariotta. looking. They're looking at getting his old guy. Yes. Yeah, Mariota. So I mean, in the draft and trading up to get him, obviously, because that's what they'd have to do, I believe. But. I mean, if they get that going on, this guy's got, you know, his unlimited, to be quite honest. In an offense like this, Macklin can't get everything, and Macklin is more of an outside guy. You get the slot guy going in this one. Well, and is Macklin going to get re-signed there? I I think that Macklin will get re-signed. I don't think that after what he did for them, what he put forth, (laughs) and and, and doing it on a one-year deal for them, um, I think it would be in Philadelphia's best interest to lock him up for a little bit, for sure. Um, whether it's a, only a two or three year deal, I don't know. Whatever the case is, but he's a great number one to have out there for Matthews to con- continue to play with, uh, to work that slot while Macklin works the outside. And I was hearing that uh, they would even want to get Josh Huff involved a lot. They love Huff there, and he's got a ton of potential as well. I just love Jordan Matthews so much more if Macklin stays because it's one of these situations. You look at the the growth and development of receivers. It's easier to grow and develop if you're not getting double covered. 
if you're not drawing all the attention, if you are the second banana so you're able to kind of work underneath all the attention that's being given to the other guy. And I think that's why Macklin staying there would be so vital for his success next year. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean that offense just has so much potential as is. Uh, you throw that guy in an every day, every every. I don't want to say every play role. I don't know what what happens there. If he's working from the slot, it won't be every play, but he'll have enough volume to be able to uh, make a big difference in your fantasy team. Well, again, because they, they run such a fast offense. Yeah, plain and simple. I mean, everybody on that team has yeah. that's to do some damage for you. I mean, plus we got to think about it. Jordan Matthews is going to be on the field a lot. They like to spread it out. Yeah. Uh, and they like to use their slot receivers as blockers. That's why they like the bulk of Jordan Matthews as a slot receiver. Even though he's not your prototypical slot receiver in the rest of the NFL, where they like the small, quick guys. Jordan Matthews can also catch touchdowns. Mm -hmm. uh, he had eight last year, uh, and he's shown the ability to sort of be in the red zone a great target, which Macklin, you know, his touchdowns are usually of the long variety. Uh, you know, so... He, when they get to the red zone, he's one of the main targets, so definitely keep him uh, kind of a lookout there. Well, you look at, uh, we're talking about obviously in this segment a lot of uh, second-year wide receivers, but that's obvious. that We saw the stats that these young kids had last year. Uh, a lot of talent there, a lot of situations that are pretty awesome. Devontae Adams, another guy, Green Bay. Uh, he's obviously, you think that there's a possibility that they don't aren't able to keep Cobb around there, so all of a sudden he gets the Cobb roll, we know what happens there. Absolutely. Yep. I mean, he's, he showed enough skills, too, in a few games that, uh, you know, I mean, he, he has the potential to be uh, the number two guy there. He doesn't have to stay as a number three receiver. I mean, even if Cobb does stay, I still see there being room for him to make some damage in your, on your fantasy team. Uh, this is a passing offense, and like I said, it's a brutal schedule for the run for the run games in the uh, NFC North. 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 Uh, <laughs> so, uh, um, so I mean, they're going to have to pass around. Of the course. NFC it's, Norris. It's, it's the NFC Norris division. Norris. Yes, that's it. The Norris division. <laughs> Let's talk about another guy in that division uh, that was a free agent. A Super Bowl champion two years ago. I think he was rooting for the Seahawks to win that game or lose that game. Uh, Golden Tate, sorry. <laughs> Golden Tate rooting for his old teammates or wants them not to be able to win it without him? I think, no, I think he was rooting for them. Um, especially when they, when he, think? I mean, one of his tweets, I think, at the end there was like, how do you not run it with Lynch? He obviously wanted to see Lynch get the ball and wanted to see them get that touchdown. Well, maybe the how do you not run it with Lynch was like a dig yeah. at, the, uh, at the coaching staff. Coaching or, staff. Uh, or maybe it's because of the coaching staff, but he wanted to see his buddies on that team win. You know, I'm sure Lynch was a buddy of his. They're both a little out there, you know, to say the least. Well, so, regardless, he had a huge season. We talked about him a number of times. I was surprised whatever, week 10, looking at the stats and seeing that the guy had that many catches and yards. Uh, he's obviously got a good situation. Dog, he said something important that resonated with me. You know, Calvin's getting old. Calvin's getting banged up. He's all, still great. He's still got many years left, but there's just that point uh, when you played football for 10 years in this league that uh, you get you, you get you hit the point where you, you slow down a little bit. So I think that's happening to Calvin. Um, I still think he's an elite talent, one of the best wide receivers, but the fact is that Golden Tate is going to benefit from the double teams and all the action that Calvin's going to be getting just on his name alone. Yeah, I mean, it's again, this is a division where they're going to be passing the ball a bunch. And Tate showed, you know, it, 
if he gets the chance to, to be the number one there, he ran away with it. I mean, he had some games uh, that just, I mean. It was like a three-week three stretch there when, when Calvin was oh, hurt. It was, it was ridiculous. Absolutely. So, I mean, the guy had proven that he was more than just a, you know, a sideshow as he was basically in Seattle. He's a, he's a legitimate stud, and hopefully he gets the, you know, gets the, uh, gets, gets the go there in, in Detroit. Well, where do you think a guy like him is? He a wide receiver too, and on on your teams next year? Yes. What rounds is he getting drafted? Is he a five, <laughs> six, seven? Is it five, six, seven? Where is he going? Probably right in that range. Yeah. Five. I definitely think he's a wide receiver too. Uh, I, I think he's a guy that he, depending on on league, uh, twelve team league, maybe he gets drafted late fourths in, in some leagues, probably but probably fifth, sixth round by the latest. Huh. Okay. Um, you know, maybe he falls a little bit farther in a, in a ten team league. Good stuff. Let's move to the tight end and talk about some of these positive guys on our radar again. We'll let you go first with your boy, Stag Party. Uh, who's your man crush? Let us know. Travis Kelsey. Let's make this real quick. Uh, nobody else can catch the ball on that team. There's no wide receivers to worry about. Uh, that could change in the offseason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this guy catches everything. One of the highest catch percentages in the league. And, you know, the things he does with his targets... Uh, you know, one of the best after the catch tight ends, you know, in the league. The guy the guy's awesome. There's nothing not to like about it. You just you'd like him to be on the field more and you know, I think Andy Reid's gotta realize that, like, hey, I, I'm really limiting myself here by not having this guy on, in the fold. You know, I I said you know, when he first came out of college and, and they got drafted there they were comparing him to Gronk and I know that you know they love all the experts, everybody loved to throw that shit around you know, comparing tight ends to Gronk. This guy was the most legitimate that I've seen compared to Gronk. And he showed it this whole last year. He is Gronk-esque, and he can put up those stats. Um, it, he could throw up 100-yard games. And I don't know many tight ends that could throw up 100-yard games for you, especially in, a, in Andy Reid's system. You know, he makes tight ends better. He gets tight ends going on, on his teams. And this is just another showing of it. I love Kelsey for next year. He's, he's going to be dominant again. We're all in. All in. Dwayne Allen. Uh, and, you know, when you're talking about Dwayne Allen, you obviously got to mention Fleener a little bit. But Dwayne Allen, uh, he got injured last year beforehand. First five, six games was terrific. Well, first nine games. He had seven touchdowns in the first nine games. Nine. Yeah. Okay. It was nine. So, and nine, then he got hurt, and then Fleener emerged. You, I love Dwayne Allen because he's the guy that does everything at the tight end position for them. He's the better blocker. He's the guy that is going to be out there that can be used then to, to block and release and do these things better. Fleener, when he's out there, he's being viewed more as the um, as, as a receiver, and so they're always looking to cover him. So Dwayne Allen's the guy that's sneaky. So Dwayne Allen's not the guy that's going to have the games where Fleener did when Allen was hurt, having these huge hundred some odd yard games. But if you're looking for consistent production week in week out, and then as, even when you were getting into the into the playoffs, I remember is in my league we had um, uh, you know the the, the 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 decision was made between a guy. Do I start? Kobe Fleener, or do I start Dwayne Allen in that actual playoff game? And I said, I go, I will go with Dwayne Allen because when they're on the field together, Allen gets the touchdowns. And in that game, Fleener did nothing, and Allen got a touchdown. So it, that's just—I mean, I look, I look at him you're expanding. Only, yeah, your only real concern with Dwayne Allen is injury, and it's a bummer that has showed up every you know each year that he's played here now. Um, but I mean, is he injury prone? Is it just fluke things? I don't know. Uh, it's not going to stop me from drafting the guy, but uh, you know, like we're going to talk about in a little bit here, um, I just tight ends—you just can't go early on them. 
Period. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Well, here's let's let's go on and uh, cover one last guy quickly, and then let's move on to uh, guys we're viewing negatively on our radar. But uh, your 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 guy has got a hot sister in Oakland. What do you, give some two cents on uh, Rivera? Oh, Rivera, Michael Rivera. Rivera. Um, the, the, the utter misspelled <laughs> Michael is. Um, I'm going to the Riviera in a couple weeks. Nice. He was. Re- are you really? Riviera Maya. Oh, yeah, baby. Oh, very nice. Cool. With the with the wombs or yeah or with mom. <laughs> I'm taking your mom. She's meeting me at the airport. Have <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> you ever been picking them up? <laughs> you didn't know that, huh? <laughs> uh, uh, I you know what? Uh, what's, I'm not going to get open into that, that door. Yeah, that's, 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 a, yeah, that's a wide open door. That I'm just going to shut real fast. Um, he he had a really good rapport with Derek Carr last year, and those two growing together in that system, I think. Has the potential to, to put him on the radar for a possible a tight end, a back end tight end one, you know, maybe a high end tight end two, but back end tight end one for next year. This tight end position is kind of way out of whack right now. I mean, everybody was thinking going into the season, there's 10, 12, 14 guys that we could jump on and they're going to have great season. Sure enough, there was maybe one that you could depend on, and that was Gronk, I guess. Um, so, I, talking about a back end guy at the end of, you know, End of the first round type tight ends. He's a guy I want to look for. The, just the fact that he was growing so well with Derek Carr uh, leads me to believe that he's going to keep on doing it. That the wide receivers are kind of all over the place there. You know they have a running back, but one thing that uh, young quarterbacks like to do is throw to that tight end and, and show really well with him. The only concern for him too is injury because he gets True. hit hard a lot. And he's and he's a smaller tight end, right. which definitely. Adds to the uh, risk, and they might draft Cooper out of Alabama. Uh, they're saying right now that, that the four spot or whatnot. Among, that's yeah. probably where who they're going to go with. So I think that helps the tight end position. Now you got a bona fide, uh, you know, talent that's going to help take some bodies off your For tight sure. end. Well, James Jones. James Jones. <laughs> yes, there's a lot of guys still. There's a there. lot of guys that that you could throw out there. <laughs> Rod Streeter's coming back. Yay! All right, let's, go. Uh, let's go on to the 12 guys that are on our radar negatively. Let's kind of breeze through these guys, not talk too much at length at each of the negativity, but we're going to start with quarterback, and we're going to go with Kaepernick. He's working with the Hall of Famer, or soon-to-be Hall of Famer, uh, or did he make the Hall of Fame? No. Kurt Warner? Is he last year? Kurt he didn't make it yet, did he? No, no, he, no he's, he's not, not there yet. He's, he hasn't been away from the league. Future enough. Hall of Famer. Future okay. Hall of Famer. But he's working with Kaepernick in this offseason. What are your thoughts, Stags, on, on, on where where his career trajectory is headed for fantasy football? Hello. <laughs> he's going very... There's nothing really to like right now. You know, the, uh, the receivers there, it's kind of a hodgepodge. Uh, you know, Crabtree showed up nowhere last season, and, you know, he's a free agent. Uh, Vernon Davis fell off the face of the earth. Uh, you know what they're gonna do? I don't even know if they've hired an offensive coordinator as of yet. Yeah, I'm not sure about that either. Yeah, you know, so what? What's to like there? You know, spending less and less time. You know, actually Setting working things, on yeah. a playbook. Yeah. yeah, that's not not doing good things for Kaepernick. And unless they're just gonna, hey, Cap, do what you do, man, run. And unless. He's not doing that. He sucks in fantasy. Yeah, I, no team has been willing to let a quarterback actually do that in the NFL. So, 
It's, it's a they big, let, big They let RG3 and he got banged up two years in a row to his knees and then they stopped letting anybody do that. I'm actually pretty sure that's exactly what they're going to do with Kaepernick. Yeah. I think they realize that he's not going to be a pocket passer. He's not going to get you anywhere on his arm. So why not run him into the ground? To, yeah, to get the best out of him while you got him. I and I think that that's what they're going to do. Which actually makes him a little more intriguing um, than completely off the radar. If he's going to be getting all those running points, that's, I mean, that's Cam Newton-esque, to, you know, a, a possibility right there. Those running quarterbacks, when successful with it, give you big fantasy points. So that's uh, that's something to keep an eye on. But we'll see heading into the season. I mean, Anquan Bolden, though he had a great season, is still he's getting up there in age, and the other guys are just a little green. You got uh, uh, Quentin Patton and uh, who, Bruce Ellington. Yeah, and, and yeah, Bruce Ellington. So I mean, you got some young talent there, but it's not enough to you know. Shake me up and say, "Hey, go grab a Colin Kaepernick." No. We'll talk about those two guys as uh, players. We're going to be on the out- lookout for. Uh, I'm just going to go around round robin. Tannehill. We knew you were high on him last year. We were all high on him last year because of his strength of schedule. What are your thoughts on him going into this year? Are you down on him? Could his strength of schedule be easy again? What are your thoughts? Though? I know you guys are. Um, you guys are probably thinking differently than me. I'm actually high on him again. I think he actually ended the season very well. I think he had the second most. Uh, if I saw it correctly, the second most fantasy points in the last three weeks. He's one of only two quarterbacks to throw for over 1,000 yards over the last three games of the season, Eli Manning being the other one. But now if they get Landry involved even more and get rid of Hartline, who's kind of just dead weight, if you ask me. Get rid of Wallace, too. Wallace, you know what? If they keep Wallace, if listen, it's his mouth that's the biggest problem, You know, obviously. He's got talent, and when he's playing... At a high level, he's definitely a talent that you want to get the ball into the hands of. But and touchdowns. I do like a Landry for next year. They definitely have talent there with uh, Lamar Miller. Um, and if Charles Clay is still there, he's a good tight end to throw to. And Tannehill, if he gets his legs going, is a very formidable fancy quarterback. I'm not going to throw him off my radar. Um, I'm not as quite as high as I was last year, but I'm st- I still like him. I'm going to watch and see what happens this offseason. I, I, I kind of like him too, but you know, again, you talk about Mike Wallace and... and He's the big. He's the big question. Where can I see the rest of him? Scene that just got a coat and she just takes off it just gorgeous and then she opens her mouth and that voice comes out. What the voice? All right, cool. I, I did hear that. Um, Wallace, By the way, it's a, it's a man with two brains, uh, yes. Steve Martin. That I'm uh, uh, the, the opening the music. Good thing for, the, the good thing for Wallace coming up this next year. I hear this offseason he's, he's going to be hanging out with Titus Young. Hey, all right. Got that going for him. Good, good, good. good are, they, are they? They're looking to start a bowling team. They've got to get two more. Oh, yeah. Staff. Josh Gordon. Stafford, we're not like Gordon's right? available to bowl. Sure. Stafford, what are you guys' thoughts on him next year? You liking him or no? I mean, he's never put it together since that one season. And, you know, we keep ranking him in the top five quarterbacks. And I'm not ready to do that again next year. No, I think that's the, that's the thing with him. I think it's be realistic with him. Don't, don't project anything more onto him right now. You know, uh, you're not going to get 40 touchdowns. 
Yeah, I've had enough of his failures, to, to be quite honest. I mean, whether he puts together a great season next year or not, I'm still not going to jump yeah, on him. Yeah, I'm not he won't be worth where he gets picked. Absolutely not. I, to, to be honest, I think he'd, he'd be a great backup yeah. <laughs> next year. That's what about my Ro- opinion. I know you don't like Romo. You didn't like Romo last year. He had a good year, obviously. What, what, what are our collective thoughts? You don't like him again because it's a tough division? Uh, what, why, why are you down on him? I, if, if Des Bryant's gone. Um, There's no which, way Dez is gone. I don't think Dez will be gone. Um, but uh, another year, uh, listen, I, they can't get, they can't let Dez go. No, I don't think they can let Dez go. I think they'll let Demarco go before they let Dez go. And I think uh, you know you have, more, I, you have more longevity on a receiver than you do. On absolutely, a he's the guy that you got to keep. So I mean, his potential is definitely going to be there. His in, his potential for injury though is always going to scare me. And I've never been the biggest fan. Um, he just has too many kind of crap games that uh, throw me away. I don't know. He's, uh, go for him if you want. I'm just going to throw my warnings out there again to you. I'll throw them out every year. I'm not concerned about him unless I just want to see what happens with the team. I want to know who they're signing, who they're letting go, and that will determine everything. You know, if he doesn't, if he's got the weapons with that offensive line right now, I, I'm I'm okay with him. Johnny Football he enters rehab. That's a great sign. Uh, what are, what are our thoughts on, on on him? Rebecca, if there's anything wrong with my feelings for Dolores. Just give me a sign. Just any kind of sign. I'll keep on the lookout for it. Believe in Johnny? Uh, we're moving on. <laughs> Enough said there. There you go. All right, running backs. Uh, first batch that we'll put, that you had pointed out, dog, NFC North running backs. Could be a tough situation for many of those guys this year. Uh, can you expound on that a little bit? Uh, you know, listen, I mean, I think Lacey is still a great running back, and he definitely has potential, but if you saw in the beginning of the year, he had a tough time against those, uh, against those tough matchups. He's going to have those tough matchups again. So, I mean... It, you can live with him in most of the other games for sure, but he's going to have a bunch of tough matchups that are going to eat at you. Mark, Matt Forte uh, coming off a great season, a p- pretty darn good season, a great season you would call it, I guess, set the record for uh, uh, receptions by a running back. But he's going to have a tough time going at it as well. They've got a, a really tough schedule, and who knows what's going to happen with the, the new coordinator and the whole new system going on, going in there too. Who Plus, knows, he's over who, thirty now, and who also knows if Jake Cutler is actually going to be there? We yeah. don't know yet. We'll find all that out by what May, March twelfth or something. They have to decide on decide, his uh, contract, yeah, something like that. So I, keep your eye on it going in there. I, I guess what I'm basically saying against these guys is. Don't not draft them. Just don't draft them as early as you normally would. Mm-hmm. You know, he's going to have some tough games throughout the season. You're going to have to sit there and hope that they don't land in a week that uh, you really needed them because Forte can have, as he's proven, he can have those games where he only has 38 yards. And that's it. You yeah. know, it's it's going to happen to these guys a little bit. Joy Bell is another story. I don't have all that much faith in him in the first place, but, you know, to throw in the tough schedule, and that's iffy for him as well. Well, what about a guy that we had in the top ten last year in our running back ranks? I, at least I know I did. Uh, Monty Ball. Monty Ball is a guy that we are pretty much is dead to everyone. Um, so we don't the, even the ghost, need to the talk ghost about. The ghost is him. also saying for him, no, yeah, no, we don't need to talk about him. But he's dead to us. 
Not expecting high things for him next year. Uh, stay and away. He's, and he's still from stuck him. there in in Denver. He's not yeah. getting out unless they're going to trade him. And what are you going to get for him now? If you're going to trade him now, you're probably only going to get maybe like a fifth round draft pick or something. You know, it's just a situation you got to watch there in Denver. Do they go back to what was working really well in the middle of the season with Ronnie Hillman? Do they stick with C.J. Anderson there? Do they try and implement uh, Monty Ball again? Now he's lost a little weight or something and. Supposedly, it looks a little better. It could, it could be a three-headed it. monster there too. Maybe. It could be. It could very well be. Um, or two two point five-headed monster. You can't neglect <laughs> in the uh, NFC cent, uh, North. You can't neglect Central um, again. Uh, Jared McKinnon. <laughs> if AP this is does, be, we got this is going to be your Jimmy. <laughs> this is your Jimmy Smith. Jimmy, Jimmy Smith. Yeah. Um, all right. So what division do the Bears play in? <laughs> the the Norris division. I got it. Now. <laughs> so. You can't neglect um, what happened with uh, Jarek McKinnon. He was actually playing really well at certain times there. They shut him down towards the end of the season with the injury. Um, who knows what's going to happen with AP if he, if he re-signs. Obviously, if AP re-signs there or, or, or sticks around in, in Minnesota, Jarek becomes a Well, how about let's, let's real quick, round table, B. real quick. Is AP going to be a Viking next year? I say no. Stags? No. No, you don't think? Um, wow, I'm... I, I, t- I gotta say no as well. It's it's real tough to bring him back. But I imagine that they're gonna get him to a, some sort of a deal and then trade him because that's they gotta get some value for him. Otherwise, they would have cut him already. Well, I mean, like I said, he's got a huge cap hit coming next year. He's under contract, you know, so I think he's got to come back if they do nothing with him. But it's just too big of a cap hit, I think, for them to to not do anything. So they either restructure and trade him, restructure and keep him. Or he's to, to flat out cut him and he's gone. I um, think I just think they have to trade him and restructure whatever, but trade him only because they just don't want the PR nightmare. Yeah, they got to get something for him and I, I don't know, whatever it is. Anyway, moving on. Who do you like better, Doug Martin or Steven Jackson? Or do you like either of those guys? Are they dead to both of us? I guess I like Martin better just because he's younger. What about you, Stags? <laughs> same boat. What about you? Exact same boat. I hate to say it. I but, wish but I we're down on both it. those guys. You know, maybe Doug Martin, a muscle hamster, might have a chance, but it looks like with the new system and coaching staff coming in, I think we might out, need to. I think we, Jackson's pretty much probably. They not do love their Charles Sims too. So they also might need to. We might need to change his nickname from the muscle hamster to Richard Gears Gerbil. Oh Jesus! <laughs> Good God! Oh my god! <laughs> that, was actually, on a that was actually that. somebody's uh, team name in one of my leagues. Uh, in, Richard in, Gears Gerbil. Yes, that guy has got problems. <laughs> oh my god, that's hilarious. That's a tough hole to run through. This is Val Verde free. It's a Sunday midday, and when no one's Val Verde, midday, so, it's like seven a.m. So, so if you haven't heard any beer cracks, we apologize, but. As you can see, even when we're not Valverde, the topic goes to hell. I can't. I can't inject her with window cleaner. I don't mind. Hey, what does it do anyway? It causes your brain to die last. I don't mind. My voice. Damn. <laughs> Damn. We need that. You need in our, one of our mock drafts this uh, this summer, Houdini. That needs to be your voice you take. Oh, there you go. Whole <laughs> draft. You got to do it draft. in that voice. We'll start beating you up by the by the sixth round. Uh, Bishop Sankey. Uh, I'm just gonna mention his name and say I'm in troubled waters with that guy. I'm not. I'm flogging the that, Bishop Sankey. Yeah, that whole team. <laughs> that whole team. Uh, I'm staying away from. It's just is not gonna be a fantasy. So throw the next guy out of there. Kendall Wright. 
Kendall, well, hold on. We still got some more running backs. We got Frank Gore, but we can mention him. Kendall Wright, he's on the Titans. Stay away from him. Uh, Frank Gore, you talked about earlier when we talked about Hyde. The, 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 he's riding off into the uh, sunset. Rashad Jennings, what are your thoughts quickly? Uh, you mentioned some things before the show. Well, we just we like what he can do, but the problem is he never stays healthy and he can't handle the workload as a number one guy. So if you can't last 16 games of the season, you can't last more than six or seven you know, he's like, I would like to have uh, the first half of uh, of him, Rashad Jennings, and the second half of Ahmad Bradshaw, and I have a, I have a, a full running back. <laughs> Absolutely. No, that's, that's exactly what it is. There's just certain guys that you learn your lesson on, right? and you learn, you learn it real quick. Um, Monty Ball is a guy we mentioned earlier. I learned my lesson on that guy. He's just not a, that great of a runner, plain and simple. Rashad Jennings, while he is a, a, a really good runner, just can't stay healthy. Couple of the guys we're going to mention here that are tight ends. We'll talk about them in a second. But when it comes to Jennings, I am going to stay away simply for the fact that I just I can't deal with another injury on my team just ruining my season. You know, because if he's going to be drafted by somebody in your league, he's going to be drafted as maybe a, a potentially an RB two next year. Um, he because he, he hurt, does he have that potential in that offense. Lovely. But I just can't, well, I the can't worst part is if you're spending say a fourth or fifth round pick on him, and then that guy gets hurt after five or six games, now you're you're left searching for for more answers. That it's 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 difficult, and so, it's going to happen. And right. it's going to happen. It's kind of like we were saying the same thing was going to happen with Ben Tate last year, but it just ended up that Ben Tate just sucked. But he did get but hurt. He got hurt. He got hurt. Yeah, he got hurt and he sucked. It's <laughs> double. Yeah, first he's gonna shit, then he's gonna kill us. Uh, <laughs> Arian Foster, that's a guy dog you're a little bit scared of. For the same reason. When he's playing, he's getting toting the ball. He looks great. Not many guys can run the ball like he can. But it doesn't happen. The guy's going to be banged up for six to eight games out of a season. He might play through some of those. But you play him then, and he su- you suffer the results of it as well. So Aaron he's already won when he plays, and, but he only played 13 games last year. I don't expect that many in the next year. Yeah, and there's no way he's not. He's falling past the second or third round, so you're not getting good value on yeah, him. Yeah, exactly. No. Uh, all right, so let's go to wide receivers that were uh, on our radar negatively. Do I want to? You mentioned right. What's that? Do I want to mention one more running back? Go for it. About the Andre Ellington. Yeah. Like I said, as much as I love the kid, and as electric as he can be, um, and he is fun to watch at times, he's just too small. It's so rare nowadays for a small running back to be able to. Get through one, get through a season two, get your touchdowns to make a difference on your fantasy team. Um, in an offense like that, he could have worked out really well, but he missed games um, partially because of a, a preseason injury that he had, partially because of midseason injuries that he had. He had multiple injuries, yeah. Was... Multiple injuries. Just to, to, he's not a workhorse back, he's just too small. The only small running back in the entire league that I'd be willing to take the chance on, and he's not even that small, but he is small, it's Jamal Charles. That's it. Well, I agree, because the thing with Ellington is this. He needs, and they don't have the guy there right now. He needs a balance. He needs someone to help to create more space for him, to take the, the, the pressure off by, by being the person who's carrying the ball inside and taking all the punishment. He needs that guy so that he could do what he did in the, when he was so electric in his rookie season with taking a couple of plays, even if it was only 10 touches, and now... You know you're not going to give him 20 touches anymore, but you can give him 15, and you can give him seven runs and eight passes. You know you can find more ways that he's still. But the, I'm agreeing with you; he's not going to score the touchdowns, and that's the the, the, the concern because you're maybe only going to get one if he his, he's not going to be your inside the red zone threat. He's going to be a guy that has to have that screen pass that he catches outside the 20 and then break it in there. Who had, how often does that happen? So who had the best record in the in the uh, league this year? It was Arizona, wasn't it? 
No, no they, they, started, they did. Yeah, they were going to have the yeah, best. They were awesome. Until they were like they nine had, and two. Until they had like so many injuries, they just couldn't catch up. Could you imagine if they had a fugly McSkittles, Duke Ellington backfield, okay. and and you got Carson Palmer playing all sixteen Palmer games? Uh, See, that's, but that's the kind of guy he needs. If he has that, you get Lynch and Ellington going together, beast. Because you can put them both in the backfield at the same time, that's and that's Bowl. where Ellington becomes more effective. Yeah, that's, that's, awesome. that's a super. Let's, Bowl right let's start promoting this great defense. Free Marshawn, let him go to the Cardinals. Wow. All right, let's go to those wide receivers. You let the Cardinals have something for once in their in their wretched organization's history. It'd be great. I love it. You gotta, I hope Kendall Wright, gets. yeah. I'm done with everybody on Tennessee until let's they prove on. me differently. Let's move yeah. on. Agreed. Keenan Allen. Ooh. Kind of Brutsky Magutsky's last year. Um, we'll, uh, Rivers had a spectacular season uh, at the beginning. Kind of hit the bed, uh, shit the bed a little bit. And then uh, kind of came back a little bit and had some good play. But... It looked like the guy that was on the up and up from last, from his rookie year, successful rookie year to his second year, Allen last year, he faltered. He did, and I and I'm just going to kind of throw a pre-warning out there. A guy that I kind of see that could follow in the same footsteps is Kelvin Benjamin, in my opinion. It's not a bad call it's because bad he's call. a guy that, that again, like Keenan Allen, he hit almost to the top of his ceiling in his first year. So I don't really see he doesn't have that explosion factor where he's going to start getting 60 yard, 70 yard touchdowns. So um, I can see him coming down to earth. Yeah. I like it. Um, all right. Uh, but we, we, we think he's in trouble. But Keenan Allen, this is the thing. Keenan needs somebody else there as well. He's really not a bona fide number one. He's a better wide receiver number two on his team. Great. And they spread the ball around too much anyway. The thing is, he's not overly, like, physically gifted. Uh, right. Yeah. You know, he's just a... He's a guy. He's a guy, right. <laughs> so he's, he's like got a good hands. He's, yeah, he's like a possession receiver. Yeah. But the NFL doesn't really have too many of those guys anymore. There's none of the uh yeah, the Mark the Clayton's, the uh The Bobby Ingrams? Yeah. yeah. Those guys have sort of Jeez. disappeared from the league. Yeah, hey, he was a it, possession receiver. Man. And oh, now, good hands. And now it's all about, you know, physical freaks and getting these guys the ball in space. And that's I agree. not Keenan Allen. <laughs> You know, another guy besides the size that, that he has is kind of just a guy uh, at the wide receiver position, Vincent Jackson, who used to be uh, you know over there in San Diego. Now he's obviously playing with the Bucks. He's another guy that we're scared of uh, heading into next year, not knowing the quarterback. Uh, you got such a beast in Mike Evans. Who knows what's going on? I don't there. think he is in Tampa next year, Vincent. Yeah, I think he's a prime trade candidate. And one of the things I was reading is potentially him going to the Ravens. So, you know, they're not really, uh, they're a team willing to take risks on older players and trade for older wide receivers. So I think it'd be, you know, he's, his situation is kind of worth monitoring. But he's sort of an interesting guy. He's not done. He showed that he still has a little bit left in the tank. And, you know. But he's no longer being drafted as he was potentially a couple yeah, years dra- ago a wide receiver one. Yeah. Uh, then he'd be drafted as, as, always as a wide receiver two. He's. He really wasn't that last year. He was he was a bench. He was a, barely a flex play for most of the year, if that. He pretty much sucked. All right, <laughs> Percy Harvin. Uh, just Done. quickly bitch slap him. All right, Percy Harvin. Where do you think? Where are you hearing he might go? Uh, is can you just, just got to stay away from him, don't you? Uh, I, I, yes and no. I mean, first of all, I I have never been the biggest fan. Um, I have had him down. He's gotten me a list. couple times. Yeah, uh, he has never gotten me, and I'm I have no problem. To, you know. No problem letting him go by the wayside to any team that wants to grab him. I don't care what round it's in. It'll be interesting to find out where he, where he ends up. Um, he could 
you know, potentially even if, if he's on the Jets. You know, that's not a bad situation. They brought in a, a new coordinator there that works his position very well. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens there. But either way, he's just too much of a headache. Yeah. Can Cordell uh, Patterson, can he turn it around next year? Or is his uh, fresh or rookie season and be getting in a lot of commercials before I, last season, is it, is it coming gone? I, I think he's in trouble. He really has to put, because this is about impressing the coaching staff, right? And you have a hard-nosed defensive coach there in Mike Zimmer. So <laughs> it's going to take a lot to impress him. He really, if he doesn't put in the work, the only thing that saves him is a change of scenery. Uh, and, and, and even then, I think that uh, his 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 glory days are long gone. Well, he, he's got to have a real hardcore um, off season of hitting the books, and that's what it is. Uh, he just he doesn't he didn't have the head for it this year. He's got the physical talents, you know. He just doesn't uh, he doesn't understand offenses very well. He doesn't understand the plays very well. He doesn't understand where he's supposed to be, what he's supposed to do on every single play, and that makes a huge difference. Listen, Obviously. listen, all professional football for a reason. Yeah. Listen, listen, meet. You may got a million dollar arm, but I got an idea about that five that's cent head of yours. Absolutely, it's, and that's exactly what he is. He's got all the talent in the world. He's a guy I think worth monitoring. I don't want to keep him off my radar because if he really puts in the work and they say that while wow, he's a stud, he we're putting him in the starting line. They took him out of the starting lineup last year. They basically were sitting yeah, and right. benching him. If they think he's far enough along to put him back in that starting lineup and work with possibly a Charles Johnson and uh, Teddy Bridgewater and if, let's say AP sticks around, if not AP, even a, even a McKinnon and getting a Kyle Rudolph there, he's got potential. I'm not going to just throw him off my radar. Um, so watch what happens there this offseason. Tavon Austin, what are our thoughts on him? Uh, high draft pick, just has not done anything fancy. I was the guy that wanted years it. in his league, in the league. What, is it done? Is it it's over for me? I, I look. There's no. Unfortunately, especially because there's no stability in that uh, with what's going on in that offense in St. Louis. That I can you can count on anything. He's not a guy that has proven. Uh, we even saw at the end of last year the guy that he went to college with that was drafted after him, Stedman Bailey, was showing a lot more aptitude in the offense than he was. So he's kind of become more of just like a gimmick type of a, of a guy. He's not being targeted enough in the, in the in the passing game. They were just trying to find ways to get him the ball, so they were giving him like two or three rushes a game. It, it was just it it was it was weird. It didn't make sense. It just seems like he's completely out of place. They just there. don't know how to use him. There's no, there's no room in fantasy football for gimmick players. At all. And that's why I've, I've never had Percy Harvin. I never liked him. I mean, that's what per, he's, he's a poor man's Percy Harvin, basically, Tavon Austin. And not even that, to be quite honest. It, it, he shouldn't be on fantasy teams. And I don't believe, and my personal opinion, I don't think Percy Harvin should be on fantasy teams either. Both those guys, you should always let go by the wayside. Let somebody else play a fool. I agree. Um, and I've been the fool. So Everybody I can say this from personal experience. Yeah, as athletically gifted and talented as these guys are, there's just no room in fantasy for uh, players like this. All right, let's you do, can't let's, count on Let's quickly yeah, roll period. through these tight ends. Nothing much to talk about here. And we got a lot of guys we still need to talk about to keep an eye on. Um, let's go to the tight end. Vernon Davis, he get, he gone. He, he dead. Uh, who knows where he'll land, but fantasy is irrelevant. <laughs> The thing is, the guy's such a freak athlete. So it's freakish. Hard. It's hard. I just don't think his heart's in the game. I don't think he cares that much. What, what do you think? He'd rather be curling or something? So, I think he'd rather be painting. Does he like to do like terrible paintings? He's like <laughs> he likes. He's got. He like owns like a wine vineyard and he paints. He There's wants a room to be like a, a renaissance team. man. He's got the money. <laughs> so 
Uh, yeah, another room on the Bowling <laughs> team. So we'll, we'll go off. I think the Niners are sounding like a team from a passing standpoint that people want to stay away you from. You want to pass yeah. on them from a Yeah, pass on them. Jordan Reed, I think that was a guy we wanted to look at, and Dog came in and we go, I'm done with him. This guy's just too injured. He just doesn't have the uh, the aptitude to stay healthy, and it's true. So I, I'm on board with that thought. The, those are the, it, it, Him and Dennis Pitt, I'll met him in, you know, mention him in the same breath. I just can't get fooled on them anymore. I... I, I've learned my lesson. That's one of the two of those guys. I just learned my lesson. As talented as both of them are, you can't count on them to last more than a game in this league anymore. It's just it. I'm done with them. That's there we it. go. All right. <laughs> Here are guys we want to keep an eye on. We've mentioned other guys throughout these previous two little segments um, saying, hey, keep an eye on this guy. So Our previous two these... Pyro's dozens, Baker's dozens, by the way. Yes, there you go. Exactly. <laughs> I'm sure I, I, I'll count it up later, but it's by far more players than a dozen. So, uh, let's go to guys who are on our radar for the quarterback, Derek Carr. You know, obviously, we talked about him a little bit, so let's not give him too much airtime here. Uh, lots could happen there. Looks like a guy that could be in the league for a while. Um, new situation. Hopefully, it helps from an offensive standpoint. Maybe a, new, a lot of new talent. Latavius Murray, what do you guys, some, why don't you guys talk quickly about the upside of Carr and, and what you're really going to be looking at this offseason? Well, I, I think, here's the thing. It's they're going to get stability to the uh, to the program with Jack Del Rio coming in there. You're gonna you're gonna have all new faces. You have the ability that David Carr, Der, David Carr, Derek Carr, uh, actually had the full year under his belt, struggled, knows what it takes, and then you talk about a guy that at least is going to put in the work. And you listen to this guy speak. He puts in the work. He puts in the time. He's very dedicated to his craft. So. I think that those things are all going to be things that are going to trend upward. Is he going to make that real legitimate next step next year? I don't think so. But I think that things are starting to point in the right direction. And again, when you look at quarterbacks, if you are in dynasty leagues and you can project and say, okay, maybe if I can get him where I'm looking for two years down the road, now's the time to kind of grab him for nothing because he's going to develop, but it's just going to take time. He's, he's, he's got a great head. Um, I mean, he is super smart. Like you said, he puts in the time. Um, he's a gamer. He's one of those guys that, there's my word, he's got moxie. You know, he's, he just he, he knows how to play the game, and he's going to keep working on it. He's going to bring this Oakland franchise back up a little bit. They love him there, um, and I, I think he's got a bright future ahead of him. Not, I don't say he's going to be a fancy guy next year, but like you were saying, Houdini, get him for the future. You know, he's one of those guys, just put, put on your uh, your dynasty bench for a little bit and keep him around for a couple years. He seems years. like a leader. seems like the, t- the rest of the team likes him, and uh, go go for it, party. Uh, I mean, the only thing we're watching for Derek Carr is if they're going to surround him with a true number one receiver. True. If I he gets a true number one receiver, he gets a big bump. And that's just sort of where we're at. So the situation worth monitoring for Derek Carr is what they give him, what they put around him. If they get Amari Cooper, that's a great start. Huge. Uh, Nick Foles obviously got hurt. Uh, they brought in Sanchez. That didn't look good. Now you got Chip Kelly saying he's going to go after um, Mariota and whatever. Who, who knows if they, what they'll give away to get that. Maybe it's this player. Nick Foles, who, what, what are your thoughts? Keep him on your radar, but what are you, where do you think that's going to take I mean, the reason we're watching him is where, where's he going to end up, you know? I think he's proven that he could be a, you know, adequate starter. Uh you know, a lot of teams don't even have that. I mean, uh, are you going to complain if you're the Texans and you get a Nick Foles? Or Chuck, Chicago Bears. The Titans, you get a Nick Foles. Chicago Bears. I heard, I heard that he's possibly going to go to St. Louis, which wouldn't be a terrible landing spot either. I mean, great. trade, right? 
Sure. Yeah. yeah. So now the, the, this is the whole thing that's so interesting too, because that's 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 an interesting spot for yeah. him. Um, is that they need to make that decision on him before the draft. Because if you're going to get Mariota, it's not like you're going to be able then to trade Foles for anything after, because you're going to trade him for draft picks. Yeah. If you can get much of anything for him, to be quite honest. You could probably know. get a third-round pick for him. A third-round pick? Yeah. I would think so. Yeah. Somewhere there. So teams are so barren at quarterback that they're willing to... He's young. This is, this is his third year, right? Coming into his third year. Yeah, he's got some game. Okay, I mean, if I'm a GM, he hasn't shown me enough to show that he's worth a third round pick for me. I'd, I'd give up a fifth or a sixth. It depends on where you're at as an organization and where you feel you're at with the talent that you have on. on True, and there's not a lot of QB talent coming out this year in the draft. No, there's no talent coming out. I mean, Winston's the best one, and that's why it's perfect for him to come out now because he'll get overdrafted, especially with all of his off the field problems. Yeah. And Mariota's next. And Mariota, everyone's already said, he's really not ready to play coming out. Yeah. Yeah. So crazy. that's the other thing. If Chip Kelly's gonna do that, uh, I'm I'm curious on that whole thing. It's I'm keeping my eye on RG three. Obviously terrible season last year. It's been a bad run from him since his rookie year. He showed a little some signs at the very end. Um, and it looked like maybe he could he would get it. So I'm going to keep my eye on him. I probably am going to stay away from him because he's going to get injured. He's kind of – I don't really like him anymore. He's just not a player that I want on my team. But it will be interesting to keep an eye on him. All systems. He's got some great targets to throw the ball to. Great offensive talent. Maybe another year with uh, Gruden can pull, the, pull it all together. That's the whole question for me. Does Gruden want him around? That they, is the big question. They really had a very contentious relationship last year. So. Well, everyone's had a contentious relationship with RG three. True, everyone. It's it's it's, it's not a good good time. It's like Cutler. Uh, all right, that's just guy I'm going to be looking out for. Uh, to, you talked about Savage earlier. We can knock him off the list. Uh, Bridgewater. You mentioned him a little bit, so give him a little bit of uh, pub time here. Uh, what are you, what are your thoughts? What are you seeing? Uh, thinking you might see out of Bridgewater next year? One of the things that you know, Stag Party was talking to me about so at some point during the year, something you, you really got to watch with with these uh, rookie quarterbacks, interceptions. Does he turn the ball over? And Bridgewater just didn't. You know, He was one of those guys who seemed to have a handle on things. Did he look awesome? No, but he was very composed. And to be that composed in a you know, pressure situation uh, in Minnesota there, that, that I was extremely, I came away extremely impressed with what he could do. He, you got to remember, he was coming into that draft basically looking like the number one QB. Had a terrible pro day throwing that ball around, and he dropped just off everybody's radar for some reason. This guy is a first-round talent who's got the weapons around him there in Minnesota. He's got an offensive coordinator that, you know, you got to love for a quarterback standpoint, a fancy quarterback standpoint. So you, I think you just watch and see what other little things they do to that offense. You got Rudolph coming back full strength. If AP ends up uh, resigning there, if they get a... a uh, Cordell Patterson going, or if they sign another receiver or something, that, that could be an impressive place for uh, Bridgewater to come out of. Blake Bortles, we talked about him a little bit when we were talking about all those Jacksonville wide receivers uh, and just some of the, you know, you've heard about making it a little more simple for him this year, toning back the, the playbook, but he's got a lot of talent, a team on the up and up. Uh, I think we all agree that Bortles is a guy we're going to keep our eye on this offseason. Let's not talk about him unless something you guys have. The, the last thing I would like to say about, uh, about Bortles is that he has all the measurables. He has those things that you, you can't teach. You know, He's a big kid who actually um, t- t- takes a hit pretty darn well, and he's got legs. Yeah, you know, he can actually, yeah, he can actually get you some yards if need be. He's 
like a slight. He's a bigger Andrew Luck without quite the Andrew Luck esque, you know, yeah. type of stuff. That so I mean, with all that talent around him, and you know they're going to have to be passing at some point during games. It is Jacksonville still. So I mean, hey, it's it's worth watching. Everything I saw from Bortles in his rookie year makes me think this guy's got a chance to have a good career in the league. You know, I think. Uh, I, he looked pretty freaking good. He looked like he could be. Preseason was sick. Yeah, he looked like he could be a, a someone that we're we're talking about and drafting for years to come. So yep. let's let's go to uh, the running back position and we'll talk about uh, Stagbar. He's got posters of this guy all over his uh, bedroom. It's uh, Joseph Randall. His wife doesn't even have pictures of him all over his room. <laughs> I think she filed for a restraining order or something yesterday and was granted it. Yep. Uh, so. <laughs> Yeah, Joseph a, Randall's a definite. Uh, is he going to be in the league? I mean, from stealing underwear to he might not be. He might get cut, and he's if he does, and Demarco Murray leaves, he's going to look like the biggest fool in all of fantasy football. Because this guy behind that offensive line has just you know great potential to rush for twelve hundred plus yards. Do you really think that he has the ability to be an every down? Yeah, back because though? of what I've seen in limited anyway. spurts. Yeah. Because of you know that yards per carry he's put up in limited spurts. Very sort of impressive. Well, I see the yards per carry, but that, that that's one of those things that I think is the biggest. Don't look at that stat when you're. I'm for, not, I don't look at it in any position. But especially for running backs when it's, when it's high. Because you know what? That's unlimited amount of touches. Exactly. And it true. doesn't prove to me because there's so many guys that when you saw it happen to Andre Ellington. And Randall's that type of a slight guy too. And I know Andre that. Ellington only averaged like four yards a carry before this. But it was what he did in the running or well, the passing game. Yeah, passing. Uh, but but the point being is this: this is the thing with Randall. I mean, I remember this guy. This guy came out of Kansas State. He was the the leading rusher for Kansas State. I drafted him in my 16 team league. I followed him immensely. He had troubles holding on to the ball. He fumbles mm-hmm. the ball too. So these are just things that I'm saying. He's not an every down back in my mind. So well, Demarco Murray led the league in fumbles. You can't really keep him around. You? All you're doing, really, when you're looking at him this offseason, is you're looking to see if they keep DeMarco Murray yeah. or, or let him go. And I'm just saying, I'm just saying. No, no, and I understand. I'm, I, I agree to keep your eye on the situation. Yeah. I'm just saying, don't I'm, I'm just saying, don't confuse it that he's going to be a guy that could become a DeMarco Murray that you just slide him in there and he's able to have 27, 26 carries a game. He can't. Uh, I would stay away from Let's put it this way. I would stay away from him if he was on Jacksonville. If he ends up the starting running back on Dallas, I'm looking at him for sure. You said DeMarco. We'll obviously keep an eye on him for the same reasons. We don't need to talk about him anymore. One guy I want, do want to talk about real briefly, Warren Sapp. <laughs> <laughs> Warren. R.I.P. Warren Sapp from the NFL Network. Oh, and no. any sort of commentating in for the NFL anywhere you're gone. I don't think I'm going to see you in up for down, up for whatever Bud Light commercials. Yeah. They got to pull that one, right? They pulled them all already. Oh my god, that's unreal. How can you just pay the woman? You're the elevator killer. Yeah. Boy, I don't know. I've always just loved to kill. I've really enjoyed it. But then I got famous and just too hard for me. I mean, so many witnesses. I mean, everybody recognized me. I couldn't even lurk anymore. I hear, who's that lurking over there? Isn't that Merv Griffin? So I came to Europe to kill. And it's really worked out very well for me. Till now. This may be the one thing that saves our marriage. Hey, you gonna turn me in? You're gonna have to turn yourself in. Promise me. I promise. <laughs> 
in all my experience with hookers, <laughs> you just pay the lady. <laughs> <laughs> I, second, I, second that, I second that emotion. I second that emotion. I, it's too bad the guy didn't even get anything. Because uh, every, every hooker that I've heard about asked for the money up front. <laughs> yeah. Can I blow the deal? Yeah. The, the Warren Sapp blew the deal before the deal was even blown. I.e., you yes. know what I mean. Uh, all right, so let's go to Alfred Morris. We, we already talked about Hillman and C.J. Anderson, so I've crossed them out. Alfred Morris, we talked about him a bit. Uh, we're going to keep an eye on him because of the RG3, the scenario with the Gruden, second year with that system, and he had some moments. He has his moments. He's a good player, uh, but he's inconsistent. So he just hasn't put it all together, which is what I'm really kind of worried about. You know? And yeah, over the last couple of years, I think he leads the league in carries. Um, yeah, it's not him not putting it together. It's that offense. It's 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 Gruden. It's RG three. It's the mess that's around him. I think he's a rock steady running back yeah. that you want to feed the ball to, and, and you know, and have him be a centerpiece of the offense. Stop working around everything and d- dealing with the quarterback situation. Uh, you know, the the revolving you know door that is the tight end position, stuff like that. Just stick with what you got. You got some good parts there. Use them correctly and stop fucking around. I agree. Mark, are you talking to the offense of the Redskins, or are you talking to Daniel Snyder? Snyder, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Snyder, pretty much. Because I think it's that's, he's the one that keeps fucking around with everything that screws yeah. it all up. And so. then we got Mark Ingram's uh, free agency, so that's going to be yeah. a big thing. Does he end up back in New Orleans, where they'll feature him again potentially, or does he go somewhere else? You know, I think he goes somewhere else and gets money, and he just takes the money. This what is if he the ends up going to get the money? What if he ends up in Arizona? Bad. I like it. He's another guy. I love him, but he gets banged up every year too. But he, he does. does when he plays. He's Aaron Foster esque. He looked great. The guy makes some. He's a, he's a hard, hard runner. But he just can't. He can't play for seven games in a row. Yeah, he's uh, he's one of those type of guys that I don't think he can't bulk up to the point of, of being able to take a hit because then that saps him of his. That's uh, what big he was his first couple of years. Exactly. He so then when he slims down, down he sucked. He's just more. It's more of a risk for injury. So it's kind of the. I, I tried personally. I don't. I think I stay away from him. Uh, I just. I don't know if I want to risk it. I'm going to stay away from the whole. I'm not playing fantasy next year. <laughs> stay away from everybody. Too much of an injury risk. <laughs> <laughs> Are we talking about injuring your ego again, there? <laughs> Gary Robinson is the guy to watch. There you go. Uh, That's the one you want to watch in New Orleans. If they decide to take a pass on Ingram because he's asking for a little too much money, I think they may pass on him anyway. I think they like what they have in Gary Robinson there. And he looked good when he was playing. So I I wouldn't blame him for just giving Robinson the shot. That's my thoughts on that. I I I like moving on from all running backs as soon as they want their second deal. Couple guys. Yeah. We're going to cruise through some names. Alfred Blue, if you don't know what happens with Arian Foster, uh, Alfred Blue had a great uh, rookie season last year. We're high on him. He's got a great body, made some plays. Um, Trey Mason, another good rookie year, looking good. Who knows what happens there? There's a lot of off-season Ram situations that we got to look at and see how that all plays out. Guys that I didn't even know that about Foles potentially landing there. Obviously, that helps with Trey Mason. Uh, so we'll see what happened there. He uh, he was a guy a year ago. You were talking about, uh, well, about um, your boy from the uh, like that, Olympics. He doesn't, he doesn't block. And and he that play, was, yeah, that and was he, still his problem. And this is the thing that you have to worry about with Trey Mason is if St. Louis becomes a good team, then that becomes a problem. It does, yeah. Because when you're losing games and you're just trying to find out who your players are, and he has the ability, he can make the plays and do all that stuff. 
But if they're now becoming a contending team and it, it turns out that you can't have them on the field in those crucial passing situations, then that's also going to be interesting to see. Watch all, watch all the preseason stuff on him. Is he learning how to block? Yeah, that's a big one. Makes sense. Good call. Uh, you put out Lorenzo Talfero. Tell us about that for a minute. Lorenzo Talfero, um, I, I think it's just an inter- interesting situation there. If Forsett does happen to move on, if he th- feels like he can get the money that he deserves um, after, after that type of season that he just had, if he can't get it there from Baltimore, then it's going to be Lorenzo. It's not going to be Bernard Pierce. I think they've seen what they have out of him. I think they like Lorenzo. Um, so that's a, a definitely an interesting situation for him. Um, that's what I've got to say. Jonathan Stewart came on, had a huge uh, stretch down the final, last final games. Obviously, you're going to keep an eye on him. He had a great uh, playoff game, too. Yeah, he did. So it's a guy that is on the up and up. Let's see if he can come into camp, stay healthy, look good, look like he's going to be a major part of that cog in that wheel over there with the Panthers, who, um, you know, I, I don't think anybody thinks they're going to leap to the next level, but they got some talent now. And how, the, how rare is that, too, for an older guy like Stewart to now finally... <laughs> You know, if they could just have it be where it's just him and not D'Angelo over there, and just that's, they, they, that's they, potential. They, they, yeah, that's what I'm finally cutting. Uh, D'Angelo that's what I'm saying. So if that if that if now. that happens, and just don't bring it back. But even if they do, what we finally saw though. I mean, how many years we've we've been noticing every time you see the two of them out there, Stewart's the better running back. Period. And they continually gave the ball to D'Angelo Williams, and now at the end of this this year, at least you saw. He was getting all the carries, and D'Angelo was touching the ball. Especially well, he, the playoff the game, was he didn't touch the ball. He, he may be a bit He was older. injured, though. He was he was ready to go in that, in that playoff game, but he was injured at the end of the season, yeah. uh, D'Angelo. Um, Stewart, here's the yeah. thing with him. He may be older, which which he is, but he doesn't have the wear. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. And, uh, but the wear is very different than the tear. He does have the tear. He, it's, he, he's definitely been injured his fair share, and that's always going to be a risk with him going forward, obviously for the rest of his career. But he doesn't have the wear, so he's still going to be able to run like a youngster, but he's not going to, whether he can last or not, that's always going to be the big question with him. Tough to take chances on him uh, as an RB2 going into next season. Um, he's definitely a guy I wouldn't mind. I don't even think he would be as a, I don't think he'll be drafted as an RB2, though. I don't think so, either. I don't know. People always go with the freshest thing in their minds and the things he did at the end of last season. Especially idiots that run fantasy football sites out there and other other talking heads in fantasy football. They will latch on to that last five games. Momentum's there. It's going to carry Cerebral through. So size he's can't gonna, be yeah, supply. He's going to be right there at the top of a lot of, uh, a lot of people's uh, lists. So, let's go on to the next position. Wide receiver. Actually, last one I want to mention, we won't have to talk about it. Watch what happens in the Terrence West-Isaiah Crowell situation there in Cleveland. Because that's that's a team that's potentially going to be running a ton again. They don't know what the fuck they're doing at that quarterback position. Both those guys are awesome. They're really good. Um, West, from what I hear, is going to slim down a little bit. Uh, he got, he's got a little bit too heavy. If he slims down and gets a little more athleticism back in his in his game, he's a stud. Now, you guys know me with Crowell. I, I've been on his jock since, since he didn't get drafted, to be honest. Um, the guy is a super stud, and I wish he was on a different team at this point because I want him to be a starter somewhere for sure because he's a, he's a blast to watch. But that's that's something worth watching this, uh, this offseason. One of the blast watches is you playing with that fingernail you bit off about an hour and a half ago <laughs> for, the la- for the last hour and a half. That's a that is for blast to watch. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, wide receiver uh, Brandon Marshall. I, who knows if he's he's, he's going to be a bear. blast to watch on Showtime again? That motherfucker. Oh, he's still on these shows. He's an idiot. Just, just he got invited back. For him. 
You see him in the, at the Super Bowl. He's sitting next to at some point. Goodell, Goodell uh, yeah. hanging out for the game. Uh, I don't know. Marshall, obviously, he's still got the talent. I like him. Who knows where he's going to be. Uh, if he's on the Bears, I still like him a lot. But if he ends up being traded and goes somewhere that's got a lesser of a, a passing attack, obviously. I'm sending trust. both him and Jay Cutler to Tennessee for whatever they'll give me. I like that call. Uh, Kenny Stills and Brandon Cooks, both on the New England Saints, and both the fine. New England Saints, oh. New Orleans Saints. <laughs> New Orleans Saints. Oh. I like. I got New England on the brain, fellas. I apologize. I apologize. Um, yeah, the New Orleans Saints. It's an interesting situation there because again, we already have the the, and you can throw Nick Toon into there as well because yeah. Marcus Colston is is nearing the end of his real strong usefulness in, in fantasy and. And now you have these young guys that who's really going to emerge out of those three? And we saw Brandon Cooks was given every chance, and they're going to want him to be a big part of it no matter what. But Kenny Stills showed down the stretch that he can be a guy that can be counted on as well. So it's it's going to be interesting to see just where the pecking order between those three guys and throw Nick Toon in there as well because he finally started to show stuff at the end of the year as well. Where where are they all uh, you know falling into place in New Orleans? I think it's a great, great call. Uh, Chris Matthews came out of nowhere in that Super Bowl last a week ago today, and uh, you know we talked about him a little in the pregame show. A guy that was just undrafted, didn't play. You had a good story about him, Stags. How he's, he's just played. He was a he was a arena league guy. He was a uh, everywhere he played. Played in Canada. Finally gets an opportunity to make the uh, the the practice squad for uh, the Seahawks and. Lo and behold, gets a nice couple nice plays and was a surprise hit in that game. Uh, got a touchdown. That's a guy that I'm going to keep an eye on because he's got that body uh, and it could be something that looks really good for them in that passing attack going into next year. And if Marshawn Lynch is not on that team, that team is going to have to be passing a lot more. Yeah, I, I fully agree. Um, it's, I don't know, that's, that's one of those types of situations that there's so much going on around that. You real, I mean, it, it, sure, it's worth watching, but... I mean, if Lynch is there again, you got to throw all those guys even, off the radar again. Even if again. Lynch is not there, I think it's still there's a lot of guys that got hurt for him to get the, the opportunity. So it's an uphill battle for him. Yeah. But the good news is, is like you know, with the history that Stags worked through on, he's a worker. Yeah. So I, at I, least you know he's going to fight for everything he gets. And you know, another guy that's sort of interesting to talk about that the Colts signed the other day, uh, who's. A relative unknown, uh, Duran Carter. Yeah, Chris uh, Carter's Chris team. Carter's son came from the CFL. Had, had some, a little bit of previous NFL experience, but you know he's going to be an interesting. You know, with the Colts, you know they're an elite passing offense, so you got to pay attention to every receiver on that team. Yeah, and the, the thing is that they signed him for nothing, for basically nothing. There was no uh, signing bonus or anything like that. So if they cut him, that's uh, they, they cut him for nothing, so it's, it was definitely a great signing for the Colts there. See how he works into it. There's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of miles to feed. We'll see how he works in there, but he's definitely worth watching. See what happens there. Cool. Uh, Terrence Williams, another guy, had some big, big games last year and a successful season for the Cowboys. Uh, what are you guys' thoughts on on keeping an eye on him and thinking that he could do something in fantasy next year? Well, I've, I've been a big fan of Terrence Williams. Yeah. And, and the thing is, because he scores touchdowns. And, and that's the, the, the key is that whenever he, he comes in, it's, he's done very well. And now Des Bryant is not there. That, that's the big key. If Des Bryant's gone, he's then going to get pushed into a much larger role. It's one that I think, it's, it's, I wonder how that's going to work for him. But I really like him if Des stays because he's just 
confirming himself and the and the rapport that he has with Tony Romo. Confirming his body is that what you just said? No, big, that's big, he likes the bodies. <laughs> I do like bodies. Big play. Dogmatic is actually going to have to split. We're going to keep rolling through uh, some more players in this podcast, but Dogmatic has got a hot date uh, meeting some broad over at the Sybaris. He's got to get out there. He's already paid prepaid for this thing, so we don't want to let hold you any longer. Nice work, Dogmatica. Good stuff as usual. Uh, Enjoy up. the heart-shaped uh, uh, whirlpool there. Yeah, it is. Uh, nice. I'll make sure to give her the money first. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Right. Do that. Like do it. that. I like it. See episode one, <laughs> two thousand fifteen. Yeah. Later, dog. Where do I pick up the gerbil? Is that, uh, <laughs> uh, Richard Gear? Uh, in, in you know, there's a the, the Dropbox at the yeah. end of the street. Oh, it's a, the Dropbox. It's a live. <laughs> Or a dead one. Well, <laughs> just find out. out. It goes in alive. It comes out dead. <laughs> Later, boy. Bye, bye, buddy. Um, all right. So another guy that we've already talked about at, at length is uh, uh, the wide receivers for Jacksonville. So we'll cross him off. Talked a little bit about Jarvis Landry, but uh, you know, tell us what what you're looking for mostly, other than just you know if Wallace or Hartline's gone. What are you looking at for him be, uh, getting better with his craft? Well, you have to just like the fact of how he was used at the end of the season because not only is he a guy that is a kick returner, punt returner, he was starting to be used by they're giving him ball on reverses. He was starting to see a lot more targets toward the end of the year, and they're just trying to find ways to get the ball in his hands because he's a guy that can be special once he has the ball in open field. So you have to like that again because, again, look at the rest of the receivers on that team. Mike Wallace, he is, does what he does, but he's really – Never develop the skills that you can trust to throw him 13, 14 passes a game. You know, we saw it last year. He was, it was the strangest Mike Wallace. He became a touchdown receiving Mike Wallace, a guy who didn't get a 100-yard game, couldn't catch a deep pass, not using his speed to his advantage. So, and Landry is a guy that's coming out of a, a place that, of, uh, from college, LSU, that has produced quite a few uh, talented wide receivers as of late. So, uh, track record there looks pretty good. I like. I like. Anything to say on that? I, I just want to see them run him in different routes uh, because his depth at you know uh, his depth at the target location is just not where it needs to be to be a number one kind of receiving option. Yeah. So they need to push him down the field a little bit more, give him you know deeper routes, uh, and if that happens, you know he's hopefully you can do a little more with it because having under a ten yard yard per catch number is just awful. He's a PPR guy for sure. You know, he, the tar- he gets a lot of targets. He converts on a lot of those targets, but, but that's there's the not thing. much yards there at all. unless Because they were throwing him again all the yeah. underneath stuff. Just uh, trying to so get the ball in his hands. But again, I think that's, that's, that's part and parcel with the you look at, he knows that he has to work on his game. And, and if they're committed to him, then he and especially because Hartline if he's gone, Hartland was the guy that was usually the guy getting the passes 15, 20 yards down the field. So if he could take that role, you know, he's just got to prove that he's got the hands to be able to fight for those passes. Agreed. Uh, what do you guys think about Torrey Smith? Is this a guy you, is on your radar and you want to keep an eye on him for go, heading into next year? Yeah, he's a free agent, so you got to kind of monitor where he ends up. See, where do you do you think he sticks with the yeah. Ravens? You know, if you're comfortable with the place, you probably do. And I. I I, I just don't know. If he finds the right... I just hope if he goes somewhere else, don't go chasing the money. Go for the fit because he needs a fit. Yeah. And and right now, um, he's... The, the rapport, I mean, he's been with Flacco his entire career, so I think it's better for him, obviously, if he stays there. And he started to do the one thing that he never did in his career, which is just like Mike Walsh, started to catch touchdowns. Yeah. Yeah, it's so weird. He looks like uh, just a machine some days, and other days he just looks like he's... 
he had had a lobotomy the night before. Um, it's it's really strange. But he's but he's developing, right? He's not the man of two brains. No, and he's and he's not the guy that we, that he was four years ago. That was just the deep threat, you know. Now he's pretty much added in a more well-rounded receiver to his whole, you know, what he is. Does I wonder if uh, the system that Trestman's going to put in there, if he stays with the Ravens, That's how what role does he play from the Trestman year, the, the last two years? I think he's he a great similar thing to the role that he has this last year. Because they were still using Steve Smith as the guy that they were using to, to pop off the top. But we saw it with the Bears, we saw it with Trestman. Is is Torrey Smith going to occupy more of the Brandon Marshall role, which is then that's all the underneath stuff, or is he going to occupy the Alshon role, which was the more deep shot, take a couple, couple, couple uh, shots down the field that way? Um, all right, let's talk about Brian Quick quickly. Um, what are your thoughts on him? Do you, if, if Foles goes there, or even if it's Bradford, what are our thoughts? Recovering from injury, so let's see how it progresses. What was his injury? I think it was torn ACL. So. And you Let's always go with that. That's two years where you become. So I'm, I'm probably going to cross him off, guys. I'm paying attention to that much, but you know, you got to pay attention a little bit. He was doing very well. He was a top, you know, twenty receiver by the time he got injured. So uh, he's definitely a guy worth monitoring. So you know, finally, kind of put it all together. All right, Charles Johnson. We talked about him a little bit. Uh, but on the um, on the Minnesota Vikings, he looks on the up and up. Dropped from Cleveland, got an opportunity, and did some some good things with it. And he looks good. He's got that great size. And uh, you know, we said the bridge Bridgewater and him could could be a dynamic duo. And, and, and he's another guy that's had to work for it. So right. it's not like and he's, he's young. Yeah, it's not like this guy's he's been two old. years in the yeah. league. Yeah. So he's not an older. He's a young dude. Yeah, and, and he is, and he's already proven on on. Tough down the end of the season last year that he was the number one receiver on that team. He was looking to make as many plays as they could. They were using him, targeting him in the red zone as well. And Greg Jennings is going to be another year older. So it's just giving him, an, he's going to have many, many more opportunities this year. Definitely keep your eye on him. See what happens. Are they bringing in anybody else to help spur more competition over there? Or are they going to go status quo? And if they go status quo, that's great for him. Yep. Cody Latimer, uh, Denver Broncos. He was t- taken out of Indiana in last year's draft. Didn't do much. Had so, got some play at the end of the season. Didn't really do much. But uh, Peyton's, if Peyton decides he's playing, which is supposed to happen this week, right? Next couple. Word on the street. Uh, so you, you think uh, we? You like to keep? We want to keep an eye on this guy and see how he progresses well, let's, and how he fits into the this. game plan. Julius Thomas, Demarius Thomas, Wes Welker have what in common? Free agents. So, and, yeah, uh, and a couple of them are injury prone. <laughs> you can pretty much bank that Wes Welker won't be back. And that if, if if they do bring everyone else back, he will then fall into the Wes Welker role. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, all right. I think we talked about all those guys. Let's move to the tight end position. Jordan Cameron we spoke about a little on the show, but that's a guy I'm going to keep an eye on. He says he wants out of Cleveland. Uh, doesn't know, you know, I don't know if he's a free agent or not. I don't, I don't know. But uh, the situation there, who knows? I'll keep an eye on him. I, I, he's a guy I'm probably going to stay away from. But uh, at this position, I think some of the names here, in my opinion, are, are guys that I, I don't think are going to uh, have good seasons next year. But we'll go on to the next one. Ladarius Green, he's, it's been all talk. He's, he hasn't shown me a thing, that guy. Yeah, you know, and he's, he's got amazing Physical abilities, right? But again, when you see it on the field, it's, it's he was so hit or miss. It was like, and, and even when he hit, it was a miss. It was only like two catches, 
And if Antonio Gates is still going to be around, which most likely he is, and the way that he works with Philip Rivers and the, and the type of connection that they have, Ladarius Green really has to do so much to prove me anything that that I would want to have him on my team next year. Because I'm not, I, I I fell for uh, going into this year. And I had him you as, did, yeah, as a backup, and I you know had to quickly realize after four weeks that I needed to get rid of him and get him off my team. He's the modern day. He's Jared Cook from the previous three years. There you go. It's just the same size, same kind of player. He's just not going to pull it all together. He's not a good football player. I just don't see it happening. Uh, maybe I'm totally wrong, and, and if Gates finally hits the the wall or, or gets hurt, and this guy all of a sudden explodes. He did it two or three. He did it two years ago for a couple games, but what have we seen uh, lately? Not much. Um, I, I'm staying away from Green. Brandon Bostic, or let's talk about here in general. Uh, the tight ends for the Packers. There's obviously some opportunities there, especially if a Randall Cobb goes. Uh, could any of these guys, they're all on your radar, but who do you think out of the Richard, Rodgers, uh, Bostic, uh, Corliss uh, trio could do something at the tight end position? I'm on Richard Rodgers. That's the guy that they wanted to, to come out at, at, you know last year. Um, he's the guy that they're, they're probably the highest on. Uh, of all the players, and again, getting another year of him working uh, with Rogers, with Aaron Rodgers in the offseason and going through that. Rodgers and Rodgers. It's only going to benefit him. So. Rodgers! Rodgers! All right. <laughs> hey, double check, discount! Discount, like, double check, Rodgers! I, I like the guy that uh, that looks like Aaron Rodgers in the commercial. Uh, and yeah. the discount, double check guy's following him around. Uh, yeah, oh uh, yeah. That's Do that, Aaron Rodgers! Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. And we just went through a clapload of players. We talked about the Super Bowl. Uh, we got to talk about Warren Sapp. A uh, little Pyro promo here. Um, just going to let you guys know we're doing pretty well on the development of Pyro Pro. All things uh, point towards being able to launch that thing April 1st. We got a lot of work ahead of us, fellas. I'm looking at you. I'm looking at you. Um, I'm looking la- away. La- I'm, looking, <laughs> I'm looking towards pizza. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, but pretty exciting stuff. We'll, we'll uh, tell you more and more as the uh, teaser campaign we start running uh, leading into this goes. Uh, in all honesty, this is something that's about to happen. I'm going to still be working on the development of Pyro Pro and, and working on that over the next couple weeks. But we do plan to take a two-week break. From the Pyro Podcast. It's unheard of that we're doing this. If we call each other next week and we have to do it, then amen, I'll say it. But we kind of all agreed that this year, because we hadn't done it before, and we talked about it on the show a couple times leading up to the end of the season, we've gone every week for three years straight. And uh, after the Super Bowl this year, we wanted to do one podcast, get episode one of the 2015 offseason in, and then, hey, Take a break for a little bit. Clear our heads uh, from some football. We'll be putting up a little bit of content up on the site. We're going to be putting up a piece on Fantasy Pros later this week. They've got a new editorial uh, platform, and Pyromaniac will be one of the writers for it randomly. Uh, but we're going to do a cool piece up there that will deliver on th- uh, Thursday. But we're going to take a break from Pyro Podcast. I promise we'll catch up. So we'll make sure it averages out to uh, doing one of these every week uh, throughout the season. But that'll be pretty exciting. I'm sure Stags will come up with some weird chart piece and we'll, we'll, we'll throw a couple pieces of content up. But don't be looking for our Pyro podcast next week because we're taking a vacation. As they say in that, uh, we're gone fishing. I'm, I'm going to take the time while I'm out to work on my poetry skills. Good. The complete poems of John Lillison. England's greatest one-armed poet 
He wrote in Dillman's Grove and Pointy Birds. episode one we're doing another another season here uh fired up as we said before the music here is uh from fugazi off the album called uh, fugazi. Thir- thir- fugazi. 13 songs it's a big boston band they are dope as hell one of the better albums that came around in the 80s uh, hardcore stuff so on the close we're gonna do give me the cure thanks guys we love you
Well, what? Half a lot. What am I going to say? Hello, yes. I'll be there immediately. Thank you. What was that? Awesome. Well, I must leave now. I have a new brain to pick. The elevator killer has struck again. Well, what about Beckerman and Incredible? Uh, come for dinner tonight and bring Mrs. Farr. How far? Both far. Eight o'clock. You can let yourself out. <laughs>